Um, but yeah. Hey, welcome. Hey. Howdy, folks. I did one t- sound test for this, and um, that is very scary on my own part, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't sound like burnt ass. Yeah, we were a little loud last go around. Maybe a little too loud. Well, it was probably it, me and Phil were having to share a mic, so I think we're a little louder than normal because yeah. we wanted to make sure we were heard. And apparently, that that happened. We were heard. We, yeah, were, yeah, we, yeah, were, heard. Yeah, we yeah. were screaming. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, Sorry yeah, about yeah, that, yeah, folks. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, well, welcome back. We are Lorecast Eternals. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Mitchell. I am Jacob. And I am Phil. Welcome back, y'all. I'm just staring at him, like just chilling on the on the. How dare you be Wait. on my therapy couch over there? Okay, no. Getting someone... your like. Feet all over my arm over there. Taking fat oh, shits on it. God. Ripping fat ass. You and your, what you claim to be Wrangler jeans, but are actually Levi. I thought they were Wrangler. <laughs> Sue me. Um, it's not a chase, right? Someone corrected us. It wasn't called a chase. It was called like a, it's called something else. I mean, it's like chase. A, a chase. A chase. A chase. A chase. Yeah. I don't know. Or we're a fainting a... couch. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. A fainting couch. Oh. Yeah, no, like that's literally what this yeah, is. Yeah, the whole thing, yeah. yeah. I need that's to get a hilarious. gossip chair. A gossip? Okay, what's well, a gossip chair? So a gossip chair is where they um, usually put the phone and you can sit down, write notes, and it's where you gossiped. Oh my god. Like, there's a dedicated a de- like, a chair for your phone. A dedicated chair of which to spill the tea? Yes. Alright. Heard it through the grapevine. That's a pretty good song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we are doing STDs today. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Slaves of Darkness. Oh. Which are just STDs on the mortal realms. Oh, I thought we were going with physical education. <laughs> <laughs> I did all the wrong research. Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell's over here like Mitchell. chlamydia is. <laughs> Mitchell, yeah. my brother in Christ. You know better. Get if I shit together. Over here talking Mitchell, about... we're in Texas. We don't talk about physical, physical like, education. We're going to talk about Archeon's balls. <laughs> Mitchell's just going to talk about balls. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, but before we go into it, a couple announcements. Nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. This one. Um, I don't think we got any more Patreon members. No. This, yeah. No. As always, y'all rock. Yeah. Shout out to Patreon. Sec- you guys are fucking awesome. Hey, Secondly, well, thank you um, very much. We have a new. Well, not new. It's an old role, but we kind of actually finally activated it. We kind of changed the purpose of it. Night Arcanums. Yeah. Nar- Night Arcanums. And a round of fucking applause to our Night Arcanums. Because um guys are fucking champs so to people who aren't on the discord we have the night arcanum role it is essentially it's been turned into like a lore helper role just just it's a it's a volunteer basis people help us do lore and stuff just because you know we suck or we're lazy and um they just help us do stuff and i was like we have like three or four people doing it now at the moment if anyone wants to join it's going to be open at all points in time just hit me it's just hit me with a message yeah yeah the um, the whole point of this of chaos lord uh night arcanum so I, I just I happened to flip the page in this battle tome and it said Chaos Lord on it, so I was like, obviously I'm talking about like, Chaos eh. Lords. But no, uh so the whole point of the Night Arcanum roll is it's just to show people who have helped us do some research and whatnot. For instance, for Slaves to Darkness, it they just came out with a new battle tome. And so we were asking anyone if we could, you know, potentially borrow their battle tome. And, and they basically couple, threw them at us. <laughs> yeah. And so a few people reached out and they're like, Hey, if you want to borrow it, here it is. We're trying to do better at our own research by getting people to do our research. We're trying to exactly. be better by delegating. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, that's... Uh, I think it was... Yeah, so you got me to watch... 
Fast and Furious 7, I think it was. Yeah. And, like, Mr. Nobody turns to one of the characters. I don't know. I don't watch Fast and Furious. I'm not a huge fan, but, like, if it, was, it Russell, was on, so I was watching it. If it was Russell Crowe, then it was Mr. Nobody. No, it was Mr. Nobody, because right. I know I know Russell Crowe. All right. Um, no. Not fucking Russell Crowe. No. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Kurt Russell. Fuck. I, I totally know my actors. <laughs> anyway. I don't. Uh, Kurt Russell, Mr. Nobody, uh, has them all standing around the table, and like his little like left hand man or whatever is giving one of the one of uh, Dom's crew shit for like, yeah, you're not really a leader, and so he's like, you know what, fuck you, bitch, and so he's like, yeah, I have a plan, and then he's like, cool, and then he's like, turns to his buddy and he's like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. You come up with the details of the plan, and the the left hand man is like, like gives him like this snarky look. He's like, oh yeah, sure, and he's like. I'm a leader. I, I delegate. That's delegate. part of leading, and it's like, no, dude, he's fucking right. <laughs> uh, no, so you, no, so that, that was eight. That was Fate of the Furious, and yeah, no, that was a pretty funny scene. Oh, that was eight. That was eight. Yeah, that was oh, Fate. Okay. because that's when Dom is like the bad guy. Yeah, see, you, maybe you seen one Fast and point. Furious. No, but no, that's no. About it. Dom wasn't the bad guy. That was that was the movie where they were doing the whole like we're jumping out of the airplane in cars. And like we're attacking the bus. Yeah, that was seven. You know. Yeah. That no, that that was, was seven. seven. That's the one. That's the one. Oh, where that scene no! Is. You know, there was a second scene. He, I think he did that in eight too. They had a scene because I, because I, I, yeah, no, okay, I know what you're talking about now. I know what you're yeah, talking about now. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're planning like where they're gonna drop yeah, the cars out like, of the we're airplane. We're gonna go here, and they're like, "How in the fuck are you gonna do that?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, bro, the chaos sorcerer oh, lord model looks so rotted. Night Arcanum. Thank you. Yes. So when we opened the Night Arcanum roll, I was expecting like two or three people to be like, hey, I hear like a little snippet. Dur, dur, dur. No, like an absolute fucking round of applause to our Night Arcanum. Yeah, providing the, sources in Go- MLA format. Yeah, we got Google Docs and shit, MLA formats and whatnot, throwing battle. We actually have a battle tome from one of the Night Arcanums who lives close to where I do. And they're just like, take my shit. So, you know, absolutely. They were like, hey, would you like to borrow the limited edition, limited release, like battle tome that came out with the box set? And we were like, oh, uh, fuck yeah. Uh, please and thank you. So yeah, like absolute fucking round of applause to you guys. You guys are fucking awesome, and we really appreciate you facilitating our laziness. Yay. Um, I think that's it. I don't think we have any more. Okay. Yeah. So let's start off with the question. Who are the slaves to darkness? What is the slaves to darkness? Why uh, are they the slaves to darkness? We must answer these three questions. How are they slaves to darkness? When? Are they darkness? You know, Where is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Gamora? Uh, but no, you know, that's actually really funny. I, I said that initially as a joke, but that's like actually a question we could answer. No. Well, so I should probably preface before we continue. We're, we're going to be breaking this episode up a little bit because Slaves of Darkness are very, very important mm-hmm. to Age of Sigmar setting. Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact that there are 90% of the population of all humans in the realms. Really? Yes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because they make they make the note in the um, battle tome of like each realm has hundreds of thousands of clans of humans. So the cities are de- the, the, the cities only... of Sigmar are very much the minority of, of human population. Yes, and that yeah. that kind of really brings this whole entire bit like how important these cities are. Yeah, because they're and how amazing the that they're actually still there. Yeah, because yeah. basically, if you're a human, there's a nine in ten chance you're a chaos follower. Yeah. Yes, um, and for those that very small percentage of humans who doesn't live inside of the uh, a city, inside of the cities, like they're basically on their own. Yeah, and really, the slaves of darkness didn't really come up until really the age of chaos. Yeah, when 
Sigmar kind of closed off all the realm gates. And yeah, that's what caused it to really happen. Yes, yeah. because he tried to save as many people as possible, but that many people as possible was not the majority of people. Um, and he kind of left a, a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, that's in these realms. I, I like of, to think that the Stormcast Eternals, while ultimately they were his end goal of having a force that could stand up to chaos, they were also kind of his way of apologizing to the the people who died during leaving, the Age of yeah. Chaos because they got left behind. When you say die to the Age of Chaos, you really mean die to the Gore Tide because they are, they're, they're the ones well, that yeah. basically the, fucking the kill everyone. The Gore Tide is the big deal yeah. in yeah. the Age of Chaos. There's only two realms that are not like really chaos stricken, and that's Azir and Hish. Yeah, okay, sure. three. Because I was, was going to say Shaiish. Well, yeah, because well, you go to Shaiish, the gash is like, so, get the fuck so out. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is chaos oh, realm. Oh, there are Shaiish. chaos. Yes, there's no, a I lot of you were talking about chaos um, tribes in Shaiish, but they're just not as prevalent. Well, that's because, yeah. like, it being if, if you're alive in Shaiish, you are the minority. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of hard to have living chaos cults when you're, like, Ugh. in the realm of the fucking dead. And the gash is like, you're both. More than you are. Yeah. yeah I just got mention, done. Uh, uh, Nagash has done a very good job of making sure that the only god that's worshipped in Shaiish is him. Yeah, like Nagash is a gigantic actually, fuck up in lots of things. There's um, one thing Nagash has done well is making sure Nagash's shit is just Nagash's shit. Just got done listening to the Vulture Lord audiobook. Ooh, how'd that go? How, how was it? Um, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it until roughly the end because I didn't like how the plot kind of twisted at the it's end. It's always the endings that are just rough. Yeah, um, but over that, it gave a really good sense of how the realm of Shaiish really works and how really the Ozark Bone Reapers, they've been there for hundreds and like almost thousands of years at this point. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, look, a, a, a corn um, war band over there is coming. Yeah, so Ozark Bone Reapers just go and <laughs> kill them. <laughs> it's like, it's like oh, look at that. Oh, wait, a title, a tsunami of bones. Oh, yeah, those are fun. Huh, neat. Huh. Yeah. So how was your day, Bob? <laughs> Moving on. Well, yeah, that's one thing that I, uh, I'm i not sure that we really hit the nail on the head whenever we were co- covering the Bone uh, bone Reapers, was that, like, They're not unless new. you come across, well, unless you come across one of the, like, really um, fervent, uh, I forget what their clans are called, but groups of Bone Reapers, a lot of the times the Bone Reapers, when they come to collect the Bone Tithe, they just kind of roll up and they're like, hey, we... Like we need your we, we need your bones. We need our bones. And like by this point in time, they've been around for so long that everybody's just like, Yep, we've been expecting you for the past two days. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Bring out your dead. Ding ding. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Bring out your dead. Ding well, ding. Um apparently just because of how things are done, um, sky burials are this is not a Shayish episode, but sky burials are very um prevalent. I specify. We're just going on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um sky burials are very prevalent within Shayish. Sky burials being Um it's old what's that the called they have a thing in the um london museum called the hunt and it's a wall mural uh, not mesopotamian it's like in the mesopotamian area assyrian Biz- assyrian assyrian um assyrians were very no- were known to have My sky burials say byzantine um and it's just they kind of put them up in a tower and they just throw dead bodies and vultures come in and pick off the meat oh yeah that, i think i read something about that being oh. like a not like tibetan but some other like i think an, i think an asian country has burials like that well they'll have bodies be up in the mountains and vultures will come and pick them clean and they'll fuck off and yeah yeah, yeah. well um, i think they do that um up in the uh 
the Himalayas. I think that's a I think that's a more common practice in the it's Himalayas. It's kind of difficult to bury things in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Well, hold on. Before we continue, let me finish my thought real fast. We are going to be breaking this episode up into two, maybe even three parts, because this faction is too important to try and cram everything into one. So the first episode, it also really this doesn't... one, is going to be a more like... A philosophical. A philosophical episode about like why the slaves Guys, of the earth exist, how they view welcome themselves. Welcome to a three a.m. Waffle House discussion. Basically, <laughs> we're not going to be like talking about the different war bands and lead. We might talk a little bit about the leaders, but we're not going to be breaking down war bands and the different types and the guy and like demon princes and things like that. That's we probably come, will end up ranting about Archeon lore because they change Archeon lore in this book, and we all kind of hate it just a little bit. So if if you're if you're looking for like hardcore like breaking down war bands and shit, that's going to be next. And like I said, there might even be a third part as the stds that's what i'm gonna call them because that's what they are <sighs> they just don't disappear they, they're like herpes they're just around forever <laughs> but they, they are i think they're more like hiv or aids at that point the longer they the longer they're the, the, the worse they get actually yeah that's pretty fucking accurate yeah. <laughs> and like you can't get rid of them um, but they're just too important to the setting to breeze over not that we breeze over factions but like if we're talking about like you know, a smaller faction or a newer faction, like, um, yeah, I think Edeneth was one we, we managed to get in one go. Yeah. Like, that's something like, cool. we, we have the inter, we have the intro to it, and we do that in one episode, and we can come to a deep dive later. Yeah. But for the, but, like, for something as important as this, even just doing kind of a intro to is still going to be multiple parts, because there's a lot of basic information to cover, even before we can think about going into super hardcore deep dives and shit. So, um, yeah, we're probably going to be doing STDs. <laughs> For one, uh, for, for for two, maybe even three episodes. Do we so want to go ahead and just that. knock out our Archeon rant a little bit? Let's save that for later part of the episode. <sighs> can, I, can I can I charge my rant battery a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. Do it. Do it. All right. Um, continuing with it. your Ozark stuff. Oh no, I'm done. Um, oh, fucking. Hold on. You know, like you know. Like, no, it, no, no, no. It, I was going to continue with actual like Slaves of Darkness. Well, hold on. I have this. This is something funny that I think that the, how I've always kind of seen Ozarks do with the Bone Tide is you could just imagine like one like little skeleton dude with like a bunch of carts and shit to his left and right, walk up to the gate. There's a big ass lever and just pulls the lever and his bones fall from the fucking <laughs> castle into the carts and he fucks off and it's like Bone Tide. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's not that's that's pretty funny. Like I'm just saying, like well, there's no reason for it not to be quick, clean, and efficient. Yeah. Go in, get your bones, go yeah. and leave. Um, I would say this about the Ozarks: um, the people, the person who's in charge of like the Bone Tithe in that area, like the general lord of the Ozarks, are almost seen. They're really seen as gods by their by their citizens because they don't know anything else. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like, protected by this everything. This is the dude who, who grabs our bones and makes sure that we don't get fucking murdered. Yeah. Because there are, like, I'm assuming Soul Blight and Ozarks are the ones that, like, roam Shaiish and, like, keep Shaiish secure. Yeah. The Soul Blights, they will have actual territory because, like, they're vampires. So they'll have, like, their keeps and whatnot that they look after but and they, things no, like that. No, Ozarks do have, because um, the actual higher Ozarks are a lot like Necrons. The actual higher-ups have a lot of character. Okay, Necrons are Tomb Kings. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on. Hold Both. On. Hold on. Ooh, hold like. on. Dick skeleton. Moving on. Yes, Dick skeleton. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> this is a Slaves to Darkness microphone. episode. Not a New <laughs> episode. Uh, I just need. Hey, new shirt. Uh, new shirt quote. There it is for you. This is a Slaves to Darkness episode. Yep. Oh, man. This but is an listen, STD listen, episode. Listen, listen. <laughs> Usheron, though. Who? More talk of delusion. Oh, God. 
Yes, oh, Daddy. fuck yeah, dude. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. I, we, so talked, that man we, is beefy. We talked about Ushron before, I'm pretty sure, on our Flesh Eater Courts episode because he was like... I think we he, mentioned him, he yeah. He was a character who existed, just not in the actual game, but he was a character that a gash had cursed or something and yeah. stood up to him and yada yada. I think, I think and then he brought talked, him back and I'm like, Ushron, that sounds familiar. I think we talked about him in our Nagash episode. Maybe, yeah. We should... Or we, we, no, we were talking about we, Nagash. We don't... No, when did we talk about him? How have I not I brought out FEC. the idea of doing a Nagash episode? <laughs> uh, no, I've been actively hoping to avoid it because that's also going to be a big one because like Gorkamorka and Sigmar, Nagash has a fuck ton of lore in the world that was that is still prevalent. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole reason why he's a god is old world and explaining how he became a god is basically explaining how he murdered all of the tomb kings, which is a race that doesn't fucking exist anymore but you have to know about it so you know why Nagash is a god because you have to know why Nagash is a god so you know why he's fucking alive in AOS yeah so okay. yeah I've been avoiding yeah. that because that's a two or three parter as not well. to mention it also that also sets him up for why he murders all of the gods of death in the mortal realms oh that's easy Nagash an egotistical prick yeah. <laughs> well no but like guys it, we need to move on this, yeah. is, this is a slaves the darkness episode <laughs> dude isn't it but isn't it nice though whenever all of our tangents are mildly on topic instead of like hey I want to talk to you about the fact that ducks have corkscrew penises <laughs> You know what I talk? I, I, I want to talk about the fact that uh, dolphins will violate fish no. corpses for fun. <laughs> okay, guys, we're moving on. Moving on. No, I want to touch back on that one. Hold on. Okay, I'm gonna get water. Y'all go do that. I've seen a video. It's pretty. No, fucking, I, I actually didn't. Graphic. I actually didn't want to touch on that, Mitch or fucking Jacob. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Want to something fucking hilarious? As long as it's not about dolphins. It's not about dolphins. Okay. Yeah, that's a whole ass. That's a whole ass bonus episode. Okay. Why dolphins are horrible. Um, you played Barony with me and Julian Steve, right? I played it for all of like five minutes. Okay, cool. But you understand what the game is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, not a roguelite, but it's a dungeon diver. Yeah. So I was playing as a cleric, right? And clerics start off with mace proficiency. That's their whole thing. Okay. So I found one of the, le I found the legendary mace called like Sharon or something like that. Okay. And the whole point about this mace is that it like, it's pretty good. It beefs your armor and it, ha it gives you magic regeneration. But the mace also talks to you. And what, and I mean, it talks constantly. And the mace will give you, like, secret... It'll tell you secrets in the game. Like, it told mm -hmm. me about where to find, like, like secret weapons and, like, the Minotaur maze and, and shit and cool shit like that. And it's pretty cool. And then it'll hit you with jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and shit like that. I'm sitting there just murdering a goblin, having a good time. Text, bottom of the screen. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Me, pissing myself in laughter, unable to defend myself as a goblin fucking murders me. Because it was like, find this mythical mace in the maze. Magic can do this. Blocking is good. Conspiracy theory. And I, it just completely just, just floored me. That's so, amazing. Oh, it was great. It was fucking great. You ready? Guys, we're 20 minutes to in. Talk about dolphins? God damn it. <laughs> Please. Okay, I'm sorry. Get we need to talk about the philosophical ideas of what is a slaves to darkness. Okay. All right. So, and part of the reason we want to cover this first is because slaves to darkness are very important, and it is all too easy to just write them off as like the bad guys, and they're bad because they're bad. Like, well, like, that's not strictly untrue. It is important to understand like their motivations to help you understand who they are in setting as characters i just want to state that are they really bad it's a it's a thing of perspective at that point okay i'm well, sorry again, when this, you this goes in... when you murder children you're a bad guy regardless of how you see yourself but what if it's baby adolf hitler yeah how would we know 
Because now we're working on assumption and speculation. Because Zinch can see the future. Okay, and what if Zinch knows? Are they actively talking to Zinch? If and they're if, a disciple of Zinch, they and might if be. It's Zinch, why would Zinch want to kill baby Adolf Hitler? Maybe Zinch okay. would love baby Adolf Hitler. Well, it's like the whole entire idea is like, if, you, again, if you yeet a baby is... into a volcano to get it to rain, is it really that bad? It's your culture to do so. If you believe that that's objectively what's happening. But again, this is part of why... This is part of why we wanted to cover the philosophy I was 100% of the about darkness. to be like, you want a fucking box? Let's fucking go. And then Phil was like, wait a minute of the episode. And I was like, I'm coming for your ass, Mitchell. <laughs> but again, this is why we wanted to go ahead and cover their philosophy. Because a lot of times, the actual servants, the actual members of the war bands and things like that, they truly do believe that what they're doing is good. Or at well, least, they either believe that it's good or they believe that they believe in themselves enough to not give a shit about it. Also, or, a lot of times, it's see. not... Yeah. It's not just this idea that like, like the eighth circle of they the know that they're following Quorn or Zinch or Nurgle. Mm. Um, a lot of times, um, I heard the example. It's like the Lady of the Woods or something like that. It's like you don't know who Nurgle is. Well, You're just following my, this person that you think is n- about life, and that's only one, one of aspect my of favorite Nurgle. quotes from Dark Tide, the 40k video game. Which I realize is a little off topic, but I want to pu- I mean, bring it up for a if reason. If the quote's prevalent, the quote the quote's prevalent. So, you know, skulls for the golden throne. That is a line has the same spoken by as demons. Yeah, that is the that is the line spoken by the um, zealot class. So these are supposed to be like clerics of the god emperor of humanity, and their one of their catchphrases really angry is skulls, skulls for the golden throne, and yet that is only uh, just a couple words different from skulls, skulls for the skull throne. Yeah, but up actually one yeah. word, but. Love Which God, skulls, skulls for the throne. skull throne is skulls a devotion the, to corn. Skulls for the skull throne, bad. Skulls for the golden throne, good. Yeah. <laughs> like I understand a matter of per- it's a matter of perspective is accurate, but there are some things where when you say it's a matter of perspective, it's a fucking cop out, and you both know it. And that's all I'm gonna say on that. I think you're wrong, but we can cover that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to philosophy I'm 101. Sure we will. <laughs> I'm going to leave this fuck. All of us are going to leave this house like bloody after beating <laughs> the shit out of each other. Um, but, okay. Let's start with the beginning of Age of Chaos because this is where really the Slaves of Darkness come from. No, you cannot drink my monster. You should have gotten your own. I would want it a sip because you just fucking left it here abandoned. Guys, please. <laughs> We're already 21 minutes into this, please. So dolphins. <laughs> God damn it. Yes, you can have a sip, but you got to pass it over here. I'm okay with that. Um... When Sigmar shut off the gates to Azir, he kind of left a lot of um, humanity just to be kind of left of their own revi- devices. And guess what? There's chaos. And so at this to point... People, to people who are lost, if in case they either have forgotten or haven't watched our episode on it, when the Age of Chaos started, which was when Chaos really started trying to kerfuck the mortal realms in a non-existence, um, Sigmar, after losing the... Uh, uh, Sigmar, well, no, because Sigmar, Sigmar retreating into the Azir was actually the beginning of Age of Chaos, because that happened at the Battle of Burning Sky, I'm yep. pretty sure. It was basically when he lost his hammer, and him and the tribes of men, and everyone else who's fighting with him, were defeated by Archeon. Sigmar retreated to Azir with as many people as he could, and he locked the gates of Azir, and then spent a vast majority of the Age of Chaos purging all of the Chaos elements inside Azir. Yeah. So whenever Mitchell says... He abandoned people or locked people out. And so that's when he retreated to Azir and locked the gate so that Chaos could not enter Azir because he lost Archeon and he knew Chaos was coming and it was coming so, to end everything again. And, yeah, and then there was no, like, really big force to fight Chaos. So guess what? It was a join or die. And really, 
for every like one person that fought off because they're like truly stuck in their beliefs that Sigmar is the god to follow and everything like that. There was another like group, let's say ninety, that would just be like, "Man, I just want to no, live." I think I think the actual metric is one for every one that stayed true. There was a hundred that fell. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> and it's just. At that point, it's just human nature to survive. To survive. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, if you're like, surrounded, your god just abandoned you, blood. and you're like, it's a biological feature of the human body to survive. Like your body will shut off. Like uh, for instance, if you're cold, like you're like in thing or. Uh, it, your body starts like withdrawing blood and heat from your uh, from your arms and legs to center around the organs necessary to keep your ass alive. Yep. So like it's not just like a philosophical or a thing; it's a biological need to live. Humans will do yep. what they have to to stay alive, and if that means bowing to a god that likes to you know, so really rape quick, babies, and that's what it means. So a uh, really quick, funny little or funny little note about your anecdote about the cold. Um. So in adults, that's absolutely true. In babies, like infants that's it's actually the opposite because the infant bot the infant's body recognizes the need for it to maintain as many of its extremities as it can in order to survive uh at such a year uh a early age. indefensible age it actually circulates more blood blood into the extremities that's pretty cool so that it, the baby can keep his extremities yeah adult bodies like if we lose an arm or a leg so be it but baby's like we need all of these fuckers because we are defenseless and we need to be able to be as fast as possible to run yeah. predators yeah we need as much as much of an advantage as we can get so um really that's kind of where this into idea of slave artists come from because at this point they're just Okay, I guess I'm gonna follow this one person. The that's... vast majority of the followers that fell to chaos really didn't have much of a choice. They had a choice. The choice was live or die. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's really easy for people who. I mean, it's it, it's Especially... a fake setting that doesn't exist. So like, there's not much to say about it. But when you think about it in the perspective of like, if this was real, like, how strong of a person are you to look death in the face and go, I. Yeah, I'm okay with dying for a god that may or may not care about me. Like, how how many people can you say live on Earth currently that have the faith to be like, I'm cool with dying for a god that may or may not be real or may or may not uh, have abandoned me? Yeah, from as well, far as they can the, tell. No, the fact is that you know the god abandoned you Especially because <clears throat> you've like there was the cases where the god actually fought with everybody mm -hmm, yeah. and is no longer there. Yeah, yeah. Like, so especially if you've heard about the results of the Battle of Burning Skies, like. You know that not only this god that you believe in, not only may it may he have abandoned you, but you know that he lost. Yeah, it shows that he is fallible. Yeah, and that's a big thing is knowing that your god is not undefeatable. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm just—I mean, like, really, I'm just saying, like, Archeon knew if he got hit by that hammer, he'd fucking die, which is why he shunted that bitch into a portal. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, have we actually had an Archeon episode yet? <sighs> We covered him as part of, like, we the major it, characters. We covered him pretty extensively in one of the Chaos episodes, but I don't think we've had an episode that was... We, okay, let me rephrase. We have not done an Origins of Archeon episode like we have for Sigmar. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Okay, cool. Which would be, like... which would God, the fact that we've been doing this for so long that I have to actually take a moment to think years. about whether or not we've done this is, like, kind of crazy. We're, yeah. in, we're in year three, technically. Goddamn. Well, that's fucking wild. Yeah, Moving wild, on. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So now you have this entire age of chaos where people are just like becoming these war bands and the chaos is kind of running rampant. You have Corn, the Gore Tide, Nurgle, and the Realm of Life. You don't uh, have Slanesh. You do not have Slanesh. But you do have Slanesh's greater demons. Yes. I mean, like, you don't have Slanesh, but like, 
you have Slanesh enough to know like what Slanesh. <laughs> you have budget like, Slanesh. You look directly at Sigvald and you're like, yeah, I know what Slanesh, Slanesh is about. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, so. That. I forget, is he technically a demon prince? No, he's technically a human. Oh, okay. No, I th- no, he's a demon prince now. No, I'm pretty sure his. No, I mean like, I mean rules. His model. I mean book rules. His model is still I think tagged. Book with, rules. With he's a demon darkness. prince. I'm gonna look this up for the fourth time. No, yeah, yo, do your thing. I'm looking this up for the fourth time. <laughs> okay, we no, have. I asked the question, motherfucker. I'm looking fight it up every time. I'm looking this up, motherfucker. Mitchell, carry the carry the episode. Oh God. Uh. Um. Don't talk about how depressed you are. I'm actually not depressed. It's okay. <laughs> For fucking once. <laughs> Dude, oh, this God. is the second week in the row that I'm not going to work on a weekend. Life is great. This is going all good. Um, oh, God. Where was I going with my argument here? Um, guys, I'm struggling. Please help. I have, I have him right here. I have him right here. Hold on. Okay. All right. Sigvald's keyword is uh, mortal. Chaos, Heat Knights, Slanesh, Mortal, Slanesh, Hero, Sigwald. Damn it. He is still a mortal. Mortal with horns. Yeah, definitely a mortal. I mean, okay, he can mutations be can be pretty yeah, extreme. Yeah, he can be yeah. mutated. Oh, okay, fair point. Because Zinch is the one who's known for mutations, but Slanesh also does do the mutation. It's just that whereas Zinch is usually about, like, random mutations... Slanesh is usually about mutations with a purpose. Well, yeah, so, like, like corn mutations are normally, like, bullhorns and cloven hooves. Nurgle's mutation are normally, like, deer antlers. I think he's big about deer antlers. And, like, being disgusting. And, and uh, flies. And flies, yes. Being bloated. Yeah, bloated. Slanesh's mutations tend to be, like, crab claws. Uh, the fuck? Slenderness. Slenderness. Very sleek horns, things like that. Yeah. And then Zinch is just, like... Just Zinch just like another R. Zinch just, just Jackson Pollock shit against the wall, and he's like that, 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 and that. That's what you're getting. It's like octopus tentacle, bird feet, thirteen eyes, another octopus tentacle, a swim bladder. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let's go. Yeah, like fish gills. What the fuck? Like yeah, no, that, that, that's Zinch's shtick. But you know, gotta change. There you go. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That's really how the Slaves to Darkness kind of began. Well, that was how that was how they came to be, like, I think the most populous faction in existence. Because didn't you say, like, 90% of all humans are Slaves to Darkness? Yes. Like, that is a terrifying metric. You don't really think about that when you play the game or, well, like, actually, like, read the lore, listen to the books. Because the reason is because when you think of Chaos, you think of the big, beefy Chaos Knights or the named characters. You don't think of the millions of cultists or just normal-ass yeah. barbarians. And it's and it's, that's what the majority of, of, of again, STDs are. A lot of them are not, like, hardcore worshippers of, like, Zinch. A lot of them... Or they don't even know the god's yeah, names. Yeah, half of them don't even know they're worshipping Chaos. They're just like, ah, oh, yes, the god of hope. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're That's a bar- we're a barbarian. No, it's Zinch. I gotta hope would be Zinch. Yeah, it's like we're a barbarian horde that lives in I don't know fucking Akshi, and like we live a simplistic life, and we have to you know, raid and mara- uh, is is maraud a word? Yeah, in like maraud. Yeah, maraud, and that and that's how that's our way of life, and we have this god of hope that we that we pray and believe to, and they don't even know that they're. That, that they're pooling resources into the chaos gods realms because they don't even know that they're that they're serving the chaos gods they just know that we have to raid to live and we're barbarians and that's their entire tribe yeah and like for all we know depending on you know their perspective 
Lulz. Um, if they were to see what <laughs> they if they were to see what they're actually worshiping, they might not even want to. They might be like, "Oh, that's our god of hope." Fuck that. You never know. Like they don't even like they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big part of it. Is I don't know, is a subterfuge, I guess, is the chaos gods the way they get a bunch of worship is just through subterfuge and like people not knowing who they are, right? Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to slam your head on the table as hard as possible, oh man, as fast as possible. Mental and fucked up. I have two vapes now. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm intentionally making Mitchell want to hit me with a baseball bat. <laughs> Do it. I got a whole Do lot it. of golf clubs over there. Do it. And a couple, and a couple of hockey sticks. I'm about to get shot. <clears throat> but yeah, that that's that's the origins of Slaves to Darkness, and it's just important to point out because, like, yeah, like Mitchell said, you really don't know. They never really talk about just how truly widespread and numerous. If I remember, I think Akshi is like the biggest realm that has at the Slaves of Darkness because that's where like a bunch of the really fucked up Age of Chaos shit happened. But they're fucking everywhere. Akshi and Shimon. Shimon, yeah. Yeah. Well, Shimon is pretty heavily claimed by Zinch and his demons, yes. I thought. Like, I thought Akshi was a lot more mortal based where Shimon is like, no, here be fucking demons. No, there's a lot of mortals in Shimon as well. It's just a lot of it is... Zinch based. Oxy is going to be corn based. God damn. Girin isn't Nurgle based, but Nurgle really wants Girin. He he fucking tries. There is a lot of Nurgle and Girin than you really, really think. Because remember, these worlds are supposed to, I think, supposed to be 10 times larger than Earth. Like, that is a lot of land. Fucking seriously? Something like that. They're larger than what Earth is. Massive. Um, And they're flat. Oh, I just know that, like, unlike. Akshi, Giran didn't get fully conquered by Nurgle. It almost did, but it didn't quite. Like, Akshi yep. was fully owned by Korn, and Shimon was fully owned by Zinj. Nurgle didn't quite get all of Giran, if I remember correctly, because although Alariel did have some issues, and she took that gigantic nap, um, she G- Nurgle didn't quite get all of Giran before the Swarmcast were like, get the fuck out, and they woke Alariel back up. Yeah. So get Giren, the fuck out. Yeah. Giran was a little better, but not not by much. And then Slanesh didn't have any territory because, you know. They're just Slaneshi cults. There's pleasure cults, stuff like Slanesh that. Slanesh is know. still locked in the Elven BDSM dungeon. Yeah. Hey. Um, so I mean, I guess I if Slanesh was to have a realm, what would it be? I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd be Olgu because that like because, like, Akshi is very corn esque even without being owned by corn, It's very battle-intensive. Heat, fire, you know, anger. Akshi Honestly, naturally stokes the fires of rage. Giran is kind of like it, it would a good probably version of have to be Hish or Olgu. <laughs> it's Hish specifically okay. because Slanesh fucking hates the how, elves. How, how about I bring this up, argument? Are you biting the microphone? No, I am not. <laughs> Fuck off. Her. Her. I, I I I honestly want to say Gur because there is such a culture in Gur just to have the pleasure of fighting. Kind of flip flip uh, that, flip that orc shit on the back out. I mean, and they got a lot better. Like a lot of the mortals there are okay. How about this? A lot about trying to perfect their craft of fighting. If Sigmar never actually purged it properly, what do you think about Azir? Just kind of like the decadence hidden underneath the civilization. Honestly, if. See, the issue is that Slanesh is weird. It's because 
I mean, it's, amen it's to like, that. It's like how whenever we were first talking about Solanash, Solanash is known for, you know, pleasure and pain and BDSM and sex and drugs and rock and roll and all that Slanesh bullshit. Covers well, range. Not, Slanesh covers a very wide range. But Slanesh covers a very wide range of things that all, that span for... Actually, no, I take that back. If Hish was going to be anything, it'd be Zinch. Yeah. Because of all the knowledge that's contained there. But anyway. Um, Slanesh also covers perfection and d- the desire to excel. Well, that's pretty elven because el- elves. Except that we're talking lives. about realms, not people and cultures. Well, I mean, okay, I mean, I mean, fair, but like, if I think Slanesh has always been so heavily tied to fucking over high elves, yeah, you know, like wrong. unlike the other three, which are more tied to what the realm brings, I think Slanesh would have to target of people. How about Slanesh fucking hates high elves? Yeah, because Slanesh I... doesn't really survive without the existence of conscious so thought to, to desire because be really what slanesh like, is driven by really what slanesh is driven by is desire yeah and desire is not a passive state of being like, so there's this statement that um the other three chaos gods are actually fearful of slanesh and they have to keep this in the back of their mind about how the chaos gods are actually empowering slanesh because they have this desire like Corn has this desire just to have more fights, more blood. It's because technically Slanesh can draw power off of the three, off of the thing that the other three are wholly dedicated to. Because you, yes, you have a desire to, perfect, to be, perfect so that thing. Slanesh yeah. is just could be all the realms. Yeah, I yeah. would still say pay, main power base being Hish because High Elves. But yeah, Slanesh technically covers a purview that would be all mortal realms. Yeah, all mortal races that have conscious thought, because like Nurgle. Nurgle could exist without actual sentient life or unsentient life because as long as plants grow and decay and die, Nurgle still exists because it's, it's the cycle yeah. of life and death. As long as there's, like, you know, senti- uh, animals that have no, like... If there's no humans, there's just got to be a whole lot of dolphins out there. A whole lot of dolphins. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, corn could live... Corn technically could live off of anything that, that can experience agitation or anger. And, like, animals can be angry. Yeah. Um... I guess Zinch could technically just live off the ever-changing nature of, like, nature. I guess, like, like, like yeah. how seasons change and... Yeah, that's why Kimon How creatures would, gradually evolve. That's, that's why Kimon would Zinch. be... Kimon, Shimon would be really good for Zinch. Would be because of the changing nature of Yeah, metal and shit and yada yada. Uh, well, just how much... How weird it is and how magically... And how much magic impacts the environment of Shimon. Whereas, uh... No, wait, not Shimon. Could you imagine the shit little... where the 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 dwarves are? The flying Akshi? dwarves. No, the flying dwarves. Shimon. That is Shimon. That yeah, is Shimon. Yeah, yeah, that's. Wait, which one's the fire one then? Akshi. 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 Yeah. Fuck! I always get those two. The well, fire one. They're all because they're both dwarves. Okay, they're actually all everywhere, but they're more prevalent in Akshi yeah. um, for the fire slayers. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, I mean, I guess like. The Caradons don't really have any main power base where they stay because they. Oh fly no, they have around. a power base. Well, it's, it's just oh, in the sky. They fly around, but the but the Caradons came. They came from Shimon. Yeah. And then anyway, they took the skies uh, and, and then Nurgle off. would obviously be the garden, but Nurgle could also just as easily be um, living Gur. I would say. Yeah, but then so could really uh, Gur is actually a really good place for all three of them because Nurgle would enjoy the life that flourishes there. Um, the ever changing landscape ways, too is, but Zinch. also yeah, because of how much change occurs because of the conflict that is so, uh, r- that because of how conflict ridden Gur is as an entire plane. Um, I think that was a. Oh, it's your baby boy. Oh, it's, the it's baby your baby boy. boy. It's Scared the baby the crap boy. Out of me. But no, I um, was breaking in. I was like, yeah. I was like Mitchell, get the gat. <laughs> yeah, but then also you know, corn would love it because of all the conflict. Yeah. 
even like how you na- have mountains trying to kill each other yeah even exactly. the natural state of like the land that is fighting in Gur. so like yeah that would yeah. make sense and then slanesh slanesh really does need desire to live yeah, slanesh needs conscious thought yeah i would say yeah um which definitely well, yeah because you need a conscious pertain- thought in order to have desire yeah. how is this pertaining to the slaves to darkness i don't think it is but like it's adjacent because like the it's kinda- very close of our tangents it's the closest we've gotten it's so far. the closest <laughs> so far yeah um so yeah, going getting that little back on track. So kind of what this all boils down to is this also shows some of the mindset of why people would join the slaves to darkness, Survival. especially of the old. What I, I know they're not called Norskins anymore, but of the Norskins, the humans who would join the slaves to darkness. Like think about it. In a, if you grow up in a society, a warrior society, where being the best warrior you can be is the pinnacle of your society, then of course it makes sense that you would fall, that you would oh. fall to, uh, to corn. Yeah. Uh, because then corn's all about being the best warrior you can be, regardless of whether or not you're killing babies or anything like that. Uh, Slanesh. By the way, we kind of use that as a very extreme example. They're not all killing babies. Okay. Yeah, no, but this also is... like if your chaos, God whispered in your ear to kill a baby, you, you'd do probably you would do it. Okay. Abraham Paris child. <laughs> Okay, I would just like to point out that that is one of the most referenced stories in the Bible, and yet we still applaud Abraham for it. Yep. <laughs> and, like, he was literally going to kill not, his child. Congratulations for not killing your kid. You've met the bare minimum requirement for being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm holding your cat. I'm no longer a part of this podcast. Oh, he hates it. I see it in his I eyes. I know. He fucking hates it. <laughs> I just love that the that one like vet in training or whatever took one look at a picture of Hephaestus and were like underdeveloped with, cerebrum with like <laughs> mental issues <laughs> so what they're talking about so I went to the meadery I think about a month ago and I was just watching a hockey game there while drinking my mead and a veterinarian or a veterinarian in training walked up and we just started talking about she brought her dog and we started talking about pets and I showed her a picture of my cat and she just went stupid that cat is stupid. <laughs> and to be fair, like, Hephaestus does have, like, a, a, an honest-to-God brain issue because, you know, of, like, his uh, Hephaestus' mother had a, an infection or something while he was in utero, and that caused his brain to develop yeah. weirdly. But the fact that she was able to... She like, saw that cat was, like... In a split second ago, oh, that's, this is this problem. Mentally challenged. <laughs> yep. I'd have been offended. I'd been like, he's she's out of pocket, but she's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I think now would be a good time to go on the Archeon rant because it does kind of lead into the philosophical debate of how Slaves of Darkness might view themselves. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, we've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it again because it's important. Um, Archeon is like... The Mary Sue. He is Big Daddy Chaos. He is the Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse, the the, the overlord of the Slaves of Darkness as a whole, and he is from the world that was. And his world that was... um, storyline which we or origins which i believe are the better ones or the better one is that he is a child from a um nordland female northern mother which is northern was one of the provinces of the empire in the old world and his father is a it was a possessed norskin raider of the varg tribe and i'm gonna let y'all put two and two together on how his dad and mom conceived Archeon. It was not fun. <clears throat> it was not consensual. It was not consensual. And that's how Archeon was born. He was adopted by a Sigmarite priest that was in the area, and he was named Dietrich Kastner, I think. Okay, can we talk about his name real quick? Can you imagine 
earth falling to a man whose equivalent name is Derek. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> Let's think about that. Who who is your right, grand marshal? What is his uh, what is his ascended name? Dick. <laughs> Jim. Richard. Um. Kyle. <laughs> Richard Moore. Like on his dog tag, it just says more dick. <laughs> I just more think it's Richards. stupid. Honest to God. More dick. Is that why he's so angry? His name is so stupid. <laughs> Moving on. Fuck. God damn you, Mitchell. <laughs> Moving on. Um, he, be- uh, he became a Templar for the Order of the twin-tailed comet or the twin-tailed orb or something like that and uh basically uh he found out i forget exactly how but he found out that he was oh, wait a minute. i kind of want to make a disclaimer i'm not saying the name of derek is stupid it's just the personification of a person named derek taking over the world yeah that's it um he found out that he was the child of a his his, his father was an, a, a norskin raider and you know, did bad things with his mom, and it really shook him. It shook his faith. So he traveled to a Sigmarite temple in Altdorf and was like, "Hey, Sigmar, like, hit me up, homeboy, because like I'm having problems." And because Sigmar was, you know, I'm pretty sure trapped in the winds of Azir at this time and not able to talk to fucking anyone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Sigmar didn't do much of that whole like I talk to my people. Yeah, because he kind of couldn't. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, when 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 his prayers went unanswered, Archeon renounced. Renounced Sigmar as his god, but still kept his hatred of the of the chaos gods, which were the gods of his father. And um, that's how he became Archeon, as he traveled to the chaos waste and went for the artifacts and yada yada yada. We'll we'll, we'll deep dive more into that if we ever do an, an Origins of Archeon thing. But but that is how he became Archeon in the old world, and they fucking changed it in AOS because they gotta fucking change all the cool shit. And I'm not a big fan of how they changed. Not that it's bad. It's just like, I think his old world origins were fine. But whatever. Uh, Phil? Yeah. No, to be honest, I really did enjoy... I didn't like End Times. But I, I enjoyed a lot of the story that they made leading up to that. I enjoyed Archeon. I enjoyed Azazel. I enjoyed a lot of the chaos backstories i enjoyed sigmar's backstory i loved the lore that they had built and then the fact that they have to just go in and destroy all that kind of annoys me like to a certain extent i get why they did that because like you want to be able to sell new shit and like you want to get rid of your old shit and fantasy lore was a gigantic fucking hot mess yeah but also like when you can look back at Archeon and you can see his character development over literally thousands of years of lore in game or in universe and like you see how he gets to where he is now to me I've always really enjoyed that I love when I can see the long game when I can see a character who was raised by priests who loved his god and his brothers who had to then face the fact that you know, his past is not pleasant, that he isn't who he thought he was, who then pr- who then goes to beseech his own god for help and clarity on this matter, and how it then leads to his loss of faith. 
like seeing that evolution of a man descending into madness who then rises up again fueled not fueled by hatred at the world not because it is not because of what he is but because nobody uh or but because the gods that he thought believed in him he no longer has faith in them And, like, seeing that kind of character development, that creates very powerful motivation. It's the same thing as whenever um, we talk, or Jacob, whenever you and I talk about Angron in 40k. And how, like, we used to think Angron was, like, the dumbest uh, demon primarch. Because, like, oh, yeah, angry Angron. That's stupid. Dur, 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 dur. And you read and his then fucking we start backstory and it's like, his... Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, you start reading some of his stories from the Horus Heresy. And it's like, holy shit. This primarch has, like, had a fucking horrible life. So, no, like, and then you read like what the emperor did to him, and it's like no fucking wonder he turned to corn. Another good example is when we talk about the differences between between Gilliman, um, uh, during the heresy and then during during forty k. Yeah, is how much he's changed as well. So, yeah. what you just stated about like losing faith and like that, I also was going to bring up forty k, and I, it's really how dirty they did Logar because they could have done such a better story with him. Fuck Logar, me and the homies all hate Logar. <laughs> no, 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 like, that's Erebus. Yeah, L- Lorgar is just a bitch. Yeah, Erebus, fuck Erebus. Like how Mitchell keeps trying to be like Lorgar's my favorite Primarch, and me and Phil are like, no, fuck Lorgar. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. Lorgar okay, is I, absolutely. I, I will give. Written. I will give you this. I'll give you this. Manchuria was rough. I think it was Manchuria was the, was the city, the holiest city. Uh, not Manchuria. No. Manchuria is an actual place. No, you're right. No, that's place. Um, no, it's, fuck. Mon- Monarchia or Mon- fucking? I can't remember the name. Fucking, you got phone. Google. Uh, but this or, like whole entire idea it. of like you're losing your faith. Yeah. And you have... that's the thing is that he was a uh uh a fucking Archeon when he was still a mortal man and not fallen to chaos. He was a Templar. He was one of Sigmar's most most faithful servants. And then he starts like having this breach of faith and he ends up coming across so this is one note in the new slaves to darkness book and i'm pretty sure this is where they got the idea to change his lore is in og fantasy he went and read the work of uh a a prophet known as uh nostradamus yeah right. something oh, like that okay i found it i know 40k can pronounce things really wrong not wrong but but weird unusually unusually so i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it but it's um Monarchia or, mon- or mon- oh Monarchia, Monarchia, that's right. Monarchia. That's right, Monarchia. Anyway, back on topic. Uh, so you get that one. That was so... that was done. He got done dirty on that one. No, yeah. his 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 entire story has been done dirty because they could have written him a lot better. Yeah. Well, like, they were getting well. All the other demon part marks were getting a glow up. He kind of got shafted. Yeah, Logar is just a gigantic zealot. And that's all he's. That's all they ever wrote for him was he's just a zealot. And that was I'm it. The, yeah. best of the best of the best of being the worst. anyway so uh and then he he learns about where he came from and like who his mother and more specifically who his father was and he ends up while going on this pilgrimage to try and like find his faith again uh because it really shakes him he ends up coming across the writings of the prophet i think it's Nostradamus. Nostradamus, which is 100% supposed to be a riff on Nostradamus. No, I think it's Necrodamus. Or Necrodamus, that's right. That's his name. The, yeah, Necrodamus the Insane, which is was what he was called in the world that was. Yeah. So Necrodamus uh, wrote about the end times. He predicted the end times, and that's kind of why he was considered insane. It's because I think seeing that future drove him insane. Anyway, 
I mean, like if you so if you read the vision saying, "Hey, everything is going to explode." Yeah, no so, one takes that well. <clears throat> so then you know, Derek, <laughs> <laughs> Derek over here, <laughs> Kyle came in. So Derek comes in and he reads about how not only is he half Norskin, he is the person who brings about the end, the end of the time, and the end of time. The mo- <laughs> one of the most faithful of Sigmar is the supposed end to of destroy the Sigmar's life. Yeah, it's world. supposed to destroy the world. Yeah. And, and the, the uh, sorry, I was looking up, so I kind of missed it. These are this is his AOS roots right or his origin aos no these are his fantasy roots oh okay, we're still doing fantasy yeah gotcha. um but that's that's where he starts and like they changed it to just oh yeah in the world that was he was a templar but then he came across the, pro- the writings of the prophet uh necrodomos and then he discovered the truth about sigmar and discovered the true names of the chaos gods really? and it's like well the true names of the chaos gods are fucking like zinch and slanesh and shit like that so like don't make a big fucking deal <laughs> and out of the it. true name of sigmar is drumroll please sigmar yeah, exactly. Sigmar Umbrogan. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And it's like, it, they discovered the true nature of Sigmar. It's th- That was the whole thing about Sigmar, was that he was a mortal man who became a god. He's just like, fucking... That is the truth about like, him. Like, okay, I guess Talos from Skyrim would be a ripoff of him, technically. Kind man, of a little man bit. becomes a god. Kind of. Yeah. It's similar Fa- origin Fantasy stories. Fantasy came first, I think, right? It, it doesn't matter. It's similar origin stories. Yeah. But the point is, is that in the new book, they make they make it sound like this big deal that he discovered the true name of the Chaos Gods. Okay, the important thing to note is that in um, in Warhammer, and this goes for both 40k and Age of Sigmar. This when is they what, talk this about is what, like, a made true my, name, made my eyes go red a little. When bit. they talk about a true name, what they're really referring to is the true name of a demon, because demons hide their true names. Because if you know the true name of a demon, you you can control that demon. So, for instance, Scarbrand's name is not actually Scarbrand. Scarbrand is what he's called, like colloquially, colloquially, but, colloquially, but colloquially. Thank you, but not like that's not his actual name. Yeah, because you know to know his actual name gives you control over them. The Chaos Gods, they don't have fucking true names. They have like as the names far as we're aware. Yeah. They have, like, the names that they're called. Because, guess what? You can't fucking use a god's true name. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah, when I first read it, I, I read it, and it, it gave me whiplash. I didn't think very far into it, but I first read that, and I was like, he learned the true names of the chaos gods. You know, the things that give you power over demons, if you know them. So he knows their true name. Really. Fucking really. But then yeah. it was like, wait a minute. And I was like, no, that's probably right. But for a second, I was like, fucking re- yeah, and so I, what I said was what they probably mean by that is that he learned Zinch and Slanesh, and because a lot of times Chaos Gods are referred to as uh, by uh, um, not synonyms, pseudonyms. Um, what, pseudonyms. Thank you. They're referred to in, by pseudonyms. It's not their actual name. So learning the actual name of Slanesh is like actually kind of a big deal, because uh, usually you don't learn the true name of Slanesh until you are deep in the cult. You are you are lost in the sauce by that point. Yeah. Uh, so by that point, it doesn't matter that if you realize you're actually worshiping a chaos god, because like you're already gone. At this point, you've already done some shit, and it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. Um, but then the fact that they were like, "Oh yeah," and you, they learned the true, and he learned the true. Uh, uh, the, oh shit! What did I say? Like the true origins of Sigmar or whatever, and it's yeah. like that's the whole reason they worship him he as a was, god. He was a dude, and then he wasn't a dude, and then because he was a god, and that's basically it. Yeah, and that's like kind of the whole point of why people worship Sigmar as a god is because he was a mortal man who who did so much that people started worshiping him as a god because they believed that no mortal man could achieve what he had done. And so, like, but it's always been kind of a thing that he was a mortal man. 
We read the books. Yeah. And so, like, that, and that's, like, all they say about it in, um, in the new, uh, fucking Slaves to Darkness battle tome. And it's just kind of frustrating. There might be some books that delve a little deeper into it, but, like, we haven't found anything yet, so. Yeah, it's just a little frustrating. But anyway, going back to the philosophy, though. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the really important thing about Archeon is because I, I don't know if this survived into AOS, but I do know in fantasy, he fucking hated Sigmar and he fucking hated the Chaos Gods, but he was very much like, this is my destiny, so I have to follow. He was resigned to his fate, but I'm pretty sure that has turned into, and I think this is his current belief in AOS. Don't quote me. I'm not entirely sure, but... It's kind we of, haven't done our deep dive on Archeon yet. It's 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 more. Oh, we're doing it now. This is no longer a Slaves to Darkness episode. It hasn't been traitor as fifty five jokes on you. This is the D and D podcast now. So fifth level. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about why Baldur's Gate doesn't go past twelfth uh, level. <laughs> I didn't ask how big the room is. I said I cast fireball. <laughs> um, no. So what his ideology has morphed into is that. Like, mortals are held back by the machinations of uncaring gods, and the only way for mortal life to ever truly be free is to be free from the yoke of the divine. And his entire goal in life is basically to, if you're a god, you are, in fact, on my shit list, and I'm going to murder you. And then humanity and el- humankind, elfkind, dwarfkind, mortals, mortals in general, will finally be free to live as intended. Yeah. So that's kind of the interesting. He just thing has to about, be a horrible fucking person in the process. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about Archeon is that if you just look at his ideology in terms of like he just wants mortals to be free from the machinations of uncaring gods, like if I just told you that that was his plan, no context, nothing else, like I I'd sign up. He's a pretty cool guy. That doesn't sound too bad. Not yeah. at all. And then you realize that you're also expected to like murder innocents. And it's well, like, yeah. ooh, well, you, hold and, the fuck and, up. Well, the, these words are coming from the lips of a man who's killed probably billions of innocent people. Yeah. I don't think the population is that big. But you uh, guys... think... No, no, remember, he, he destroyed, on his way from the world that was to AOS, he destroyed whole ass realms. Yeah. And that is canon uh... AOS lore. That's right. On top of how many people died in the world that and was. And lizard yeah. people are people. And lizard people are people. <laughs> <laughs> but are Jurassic people. Park and people. Skaven. Oh, God. Okay, I said innocent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all, all the people that were killed. And, oh, no, no, actually, you know what? I stand corrected. Everyone that died in the world that was is technically on, um, what's his name? Nagash? No. Dracothian? Nope, nope. Give me a second. Give me a second. Just give, just give me. Describe. Vampire boy. World that was. Manfred? Manfred. Yeah. Technically, everyone that died in the world that was is on Manfred's body count. Because that's, te- <laughs> that's technically his fault. <laughs> Bullshit he pulled. But no. Like, all the heel that died. Wait, isn't Manfred now one of the Mortarks? Yes, and it pisses me off. I just want that bitch to die. No, um, all of the people that died in the world that was... Technically, Archeon's body count. All of the people that died in all of the all of the realms that he destroyed on his way to AOS, Archeon's body count. All of the people that died in fucking Age of Chaos, majority Archeon's body count. Chances are he has probably actually, killed upwards of billions of people. I don't. No, actually, I think technically the Age of Chaos. I don't think that's actually majority on him. I think that's majority on. Uh, I forget his name, but it's the cor- it's the Cortis corn Cole, guy. Cole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the he leader un- of the Gortide. Okay, he unleashed it though. Like he, I'll, I'll give he it to facilitated you. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay, it's it's like the nuke because killed no, no, no. everyone 
in the city, but who launched it? Kind no, no, of the no, same no. Thing. no, no, no. This goes back to our earlier conversation we had before the podcast. Delegation is an important part of leadership. Arkans <laughs> <laughs> like Corgus Cole, go kill ninety three percent of the uh, of the age uh, of the mortal realm's population. I, <laughs> I can do that. Um, we're, we're gonna get this done as and you that, wish. <laughs> but that's where it comes into like it's all a matter of perspective. Yeah, because like in my opinion. Archeon kind of gives off the, like, just because I'm a bad guy doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. But no, Archeon is a bad fucking guy. But it's all from our perspective. But if you're Archeon or if you're his followers and yada, 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 it's all a matter of perspective. And that's when shit gets kind of dicey. I think from Archeon's own perspective of how he used to be, he knows that he's not a good person. He's just mm. trying to do good but I things think, with I bad think Archeon has now decided. Dune, the golden path. Yep. That's I think, the vibe I get. I think Archeon has now just fully embraced that the ends justify the means. Yeah. So he, I think he fully believes now at this point that as long as some remnant of of mortality survives after the destruction of all divine uh, intervention, then he has won. Yeah. But that, and that's also the big reason why Archeon hasn't take hasn't made the final step into demon princehood. He's technically still immortal. Still nothing, a te- nothing mortal. technical about it. He is a he is technically. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he's immortal now because of like chaos shenanigans. No, he no, he's mortal. mortal. Oh, he's killable. If he, yeah, if he like that's the funny thing is if he dies, he's fucked because the chaos gods will rip his soul apart. So the he, issue is that so the if, chaos so, gods kind of fucking love him. So if he dies, he might not like die, die, but he would be dead because once he dies, he is now fully yeah. in the grip well, of the chaos gods. It's either either the chaos gods would rip him apart. Or the Chaos Gods would be like, we love you so much, we're going to bring you back to life. But at that point, he would be fully Dante. in their grip. He would yeah. be Dante. Either that or they'd force him to go through the Soul Forge. The what? The Soul Forge. It's where demons go whenever they oh, die. Oh, okay. It, some... I'm talking about the AOS Soul Forge, not the Forge. I was like, Forge. I was like excuse me <laughs> yeah no the aos soul forge not the 40k soul forge man your punishment's to be good yeah your punishment <laughs> is to be a good guy oh my you're telling me that they're gonna bring back archeon as a stormcast before they bring oh, back my man Carl oh, Franz. oh you meant the fucking that's not the soul forge i that's know the, um my brain in my, anvil of yeah. apotheosis my yes. brain went to that initially and i was like motherfucker excuse you no um it, oh fuck um on actually on that topic um, so, you know, uh, Warhammer Plus's show with, with Nave Black Talon? Yeah. Yeah, so I finished that. Uh, oh, yeah? Spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't watched that show. Uh, Nave was a champion of Nurgle. And when she died, Sigmar forced no her shit. into a fucking Stormcast. So that means that and she's... every time that she hunts for her origin story... She keeps finding this, like, it might not be Nurgle, it looks so, pre- it looks pretty so, Nurgleish to me, but it might just be a chain that, of that, That's a really chaos. big thing in um, the Hollowed Knights. Um, well, that was a really Gardens big deal whenever Nurgle. we were talking about Illyria. Well, the Lord Celestine uh, did that. The, uh, is, yeah. Not Lord Celestine. They're, um, they're called the Redeemed. Yeah. What, what is the dude? Do, well, do, do, well, yeah, no, when name? we were talking about uh, Giren and uh, Nurgle's invasion... Because um, the big thing about that Celestine was Prime, that, yes, he did that yeah. to someone. He killed him, and Sigmar ripped a piece of a piece of his soul that was still like uncorrupted and made yeah. a whole ass stormcast. Yeah, yep. no, because he, yeah, and that and they're called the redeemed, and that's yep. like a huge deal. Because yeah, doesn't he go on to join the the Hallowed Knights? Yeah, but no, the, the difference the, was yeah, he did, it's the Hallowed Knights, and it's really and actually it's a good book to get that that idea from it because mm. he has this problem of like, I know I was a Nurgle follower. 
and I this has like it, it yeah, feels like keep, he's tainted already. Well, they, hold on, they well, keep, hold on. Let me let me finish okay, because yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of goes. So basically, during the show, Neve is always trying to find out who she was. It's a pull that she can't avoid, and mm. she keeps finding these people who were killed by this nameless champion of chaos, and she keeps thinking she's these different people. But the problem is, so like, let's say she thinks she's this like this one chick in the show looked kind of like Egyptian, and she thought it was her, and she's like, oh, I'm about to figure it out. And you know the white though the white the older Stormcast that follows her. Uh-huh. Ever, his duty is to kill Nave every time he's about to figure it out. Why? So she'll never remember that she was a chaos follower. Sigmar gave him that duty because whenever she, because she's about to figure out because she thinks she thinks she was this like chick who protected all these people in Giran when chaos came and she's like, but wait, if I was her, why can I remember shit after I died? What the fuck's going on? And he fucking shoves a knife right through her neck and he's like, I'm so fucking sorry, but you're not going to remember this. And she gets reforged. And every time she gets reforged, she has no memory of the shit she found. And so she's following this chaos champion. Which is so stupid. Think, oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. She's following this chaos champion thinking that she is the people this chaos champion kills. Because this whole thing of this chaos champion was it killed the champions of mortals to prove that it could. When, it, when in reality, she was the champion the entire entire time and during the show and like the last episode she actually talks with the corrupted part of herself and it shows her the truth and she in the and it's like you have two paths you can be reforged and you will forget everything we have talked about you will forget who you really are or you can choose the path of freedom to make your own choices and it kind of implies be chaos again and knaves like fuck you i'm going to go be a stormcast again and do whatever good that i can before i am inevitably reforged and the and the chaos and he said that is my choice and the and the chaos part of her goes it was always your choice implying that every time she's died she talked to her chaos self and every time she learns the truth, she still chooses to be a stormcast and forget everything all over again because she's like the good that I will do in search of who I am being a stormcast is worth more than me truly knowing who I am okay. as a chaos follower. Okay. So I have some comments. I do too. Because the the whole point of the redeemed is that Sigmar likes to kind of drag these people out and show them off to a certain extent because not only does it bolster the morale of his own forces, it also shows it also, the chaos does not have a permanent grip on your soul. Yeah, and and that's kind of a big deal when 90% of humanity are chaos followers, not necessarily because they had a choice, but because they believed that they didn't. And now Sigmar is showing that you do have a choice. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. I thought that... What I... Or, yeah, go ahead. I thought the Redeem was a thing because it was the power of Sigmar's hammer and the Settlecent Prime that was able to cleave off a piece of their soul that was uncorrupted. Stop hitting the table. Sorry. Uh, I'd have to double check. Bro, Jacob, you are in the fucking danger zone. I know. <laughs> Quit fucking with them. Um, but no, uh... Because I don't. I I don't think it was necessarily the Celestine Prime or that or his hammer or Sigmar's fucking. I think hammer. it was more just the fact that there was a shred of good left in that Chaos Champion. But here's the thing: is maybe there was nothing good left in Neve because of her corruption, and it's the fact that she doesn't remember who she is. And it's kind of like it's kind of like if this... a, if a serial killer gets amnesia and is a good person because he can't remember it, but should that person remember it, they go back to their old ways because their brain is back to how it was. And maybe it's Neve not knowing who she is is what makes her capable of being a good person. And if she was to truly, well, I guess that kind of goes against what I just said with, with her talking to her own self and always choosing to be a stormcast. 
and we're in forgetting. The only see that's, no, I, never mind. I retract that statement. I have well, the kind of idea. the issue that I have with that is that I don't like. I don't like that the the stormcast that follows her. It's an annihilator, isn't it? No. He, is it a, or a paladin of some variety? I think it's a paladin of some variety. Okay. Well, anyway. they're all they're all black talons, so like it, it's but she. Well, he's, black he's a, talon is like, it it's it's like a group. He's a part of her squad. He is technically yeah. under her, but I think he's well, like her second in command. The the big thing about those is uh, those squads is that they kind of form they can form from multiple different um, storm hosts. No, not storm hosts, but different. Uh, uh, Shit, what are they called? Different parts of the same storm host. Like, you can have an Annihilator, a Paladin, um, a fucking... Uh... I'm trying to think of what the actual division... A chamber. Chamber. Um, you can have members inside of a... Uh, like, these special specialist squads come from multiple chambers. Mm-hmm. So you can have, like, a Sacrosanct with a... Uh, with a Paladin, with an Annihilator. Or, with well, a... with a Redeemer, with a... You get the point. Anyway. Yeah. Um... I don't like that Sigmar specifically posted one of his uh, Stormcast to watch after one of the Redeemed. Because the whole point of the Redeemed is that they're Redeemed. So, like, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, From a story perspective, I like it. From a lore perspective, I'm not sure how I feel about that. How I rationalized it was Neve might have been Sigmar's first go at making a Redeemed, and it was from what he did to Neve, which is how he learned how to make like a perfected Redeemed. And no. what that might be... Um, oh, are you looking it up right now? No, I believe the first Redeemed was the um, Great Unclean one that the Lord... Um, Great Unclean one? Yeah. That's a full-blown demon. Yeah, but it still was a human once before. Okay, it wouldn't have been a great unclean one. It no. would have been no, because because greater demons are just straight up pieces of the gods that are sheared off. I think it's plague bearers that that, that were once human. Um, uh, well, they can be, but at that point, there's just straight up demons. The, like the the host is the host body is converted, not the soul. That, no, it's, it's what I'm looking for is the name it's, of the demon that the Lord Celest not the, uh, Celestin Prime Celestin. It was Prime. a demon prince. I thought no, no, no. It wasn't a demon prince. It was a champion. <gasps> It was it was a mortal. It was just a mortal that was heavily corrupted by Nurgle to the point where nobody thought that anybody could come back from that. And then yeah, then he got cursed splatted by Yeah, Gamora's. it was a guy who had, had like straight up the mark of Nurgle on Which him. I've, I had my book, you have my book. Now, this is a hold on. This is also assuming that that uh, show is canon. Well, I would assume it is because it's on it fucking Warmer Plus. It has to be. Yeah. Um but no, if you look it up, it'll be in this uh it'll be in the story about whenever uh, Nurgle invades uh, Girin and the Celestine Prime no, has to come no, rescue. See, that is the main redeemed in the book of um, Hollow Knight's Plague Garden. Well, that's what I mean. Neve might not be a redeemed. What I'm saying is what Sigmar did to her was, was yeah. which is what, which was how he was able to figure out how to make the redeemed. Like he did mm. the shit to Neve, and he was like, okay, I can take Chaos, a Chaos follower, and make them a Stormcast. But Neve has issues. How do I do that without them having issues? And, and what he, that might be, and that might be why he needs the Celestine Prime because he needs the direct intervention. Of Galmaraz. Well, here's the thing, though. And maybe that's why that redeemed is considered one of the redeemed, while Neve isn't. And when here's also a thing that I that I thought about that I actually really enjoy, and it kind of leads back to like Sigmar being fallible because like not all gods are perfect. Mm-hmm. Is 
Sigmar might not know that Neve always consciously makes the choice to go back to be reforged instead of returning to her chaos roots because Neve always gets all of the information on her death and she always makes the choice to go back. So and it forget. might it might be that Sigmar doesn't know that she made oh, that yeah, choice. Oh yeah, cuz how could he so know he if Neve doesn't be, remember that he, he might, makes that she makes yeah, the choice? Yeah. He might just be like, okay, That's interesting. we don't know I, I don't know what she'll do if she learns it, so I'm just going to prevent her from learning it because like if she dies, she's going she's going to be reforged. Oh, no. okay. Okay, I like that a little better than that. Like, yeah. that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. But yeah, that was the show. It was super fucking cool. Okay, I like that a little better. Yeah, no. That, 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 that's actually the show that I wanted to show Mitchell when we came out. I wanted to throw up Warhammer Plus to show on Black Talon because mm. I really enjoyed Black Talon. But there's no way to watch Warhammer Plus downstairs. Rip. Yeah, because like... PlayStation can't go on. Can't, PlayStation can't go on to the internet, and Warner oh, Plus doesn't have any. Tornus the Redeemed was Tor Torglug the Despised. Torglug to Tornus. Yeah. None of that. Get out of there. Um. What was Tornus? Torglug. Um, once a Lord of Plagues. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that that's Chaos Lord, right? Yeah. Yep. That's Chaos Lord. That's yeah. specifically a Chaos Lord of Nurgle. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. The Cells and Prime came down. And he just went boop and like fucking annihilated him. Get out of here, pretty boy. Um, but yeah, no, I watched that and I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea that... So I like the idea that because uh, Torglug is like the first known redeemed, mm-hmm. I like the idea that he had experimented with Neve before. And that's how he got like the... Because Neve is preset. an old character. Yeah, she's like... So she was the first named character for Stormcast, uh, right? I don't think she was the first, but she was one of the early ones. I think... Um, Oh shit! He's a lord. Uh... Hammerhand. No, 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 no. The first uh, Stormcast, the first like named Stormcast, was. Uh... He's a lord. Uh, Celestin. Is it, but it's not Hammerhand. Um, you don't think? No, it's not. Wait. Uh, what's his full name? Because I'm thinking of Harry the Hammer. Fuck. Well, Harry the Hammer is fantasy. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's whenever you say Hammerhand, that's all I can think of is he, Harry the Hammer. He, he's the Lord Celestine of of the Hammers of Sigmar. Okay, I think yeah, I think that's who you're thinking of. Um, yeah. and yeah, his model looks like derpy as fuck. Vandis Hammerhand. That's the one. Yeah, he has like the he he he's that black guy with like the really like symmetrical beard. No, oh, no, 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 that that's is Bastion uh, Carthalos. Bastion, fuck, that's Carthalos. You're right. Yeah, that is Catalos. Thank you very much. Catalos. <laughs> yeah. And well, he he's is... the Lord Celestine of the Hammers of Sigmar, isn't he? No, no, no. Golden no. Boys? A, Lord, a Lord Celestine is equivalent to a captain. Shit, fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's uh the fuck Lord Castellan. No, Castellan is is a is a sidestep equivalent to a captain. Celestine. By the way, this is a great Slaves of Darkness episode. Uh, Lord, <laughs> Lord, I think he's just called like Lord Commander. They have well, the STDs have their hands and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, also, like we're talking about their philosophy. So part of understanding their philosophy and why they think the way they is is understanding the setting. So like, uh. Lord Commander Bastion Carthalus. Yeah, he's Lord. Yeah, Lord Commander. I was right. There is no higher rank in a storm host than Lord Commander. So yeah, no storm host yeah. leaders are called Lord Commanders. Yeah. What a Chad told and then told there's... Sigmar to forge me <laughs> into a storm. Oh cast. yeah, he might be the only Stormcast that didn't have to die to become a Stormcast because he because Bastion Carthalus fought at the Battle of, of Burning Sky and he got really fucked up but didn't die and he was with Sigmar when they came back to Azir and he was like, "Make me golden!" and Sigmar was like, "I fam," and that's how that <laughs> happened. 
And I didn't is, actually know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, no, he didn't die, and like he was really close with Sigmar, and then he was like, "Do the but thing." But he was just like a human. Yeah, he was. He was a fucking human. City of Sigmar, hundred <laughs> percent. He he was That's a amazing. he was a leader of a tribe, but he was re- he was a very good fighter, and he was close with Sigmar, and he goes in there, and he was like, "Do the thing," and Sigmar was like, "I'm doing the thing," even though you're not quite dead yet. <laughs> That's Which amazing. is, it's also going to see why Carthos might be a little weird and, like, stronger than most or whatever the fuck is because his forging was unique as well. Yeah. Oh, hey. Well, also, like, to have the, sh- the to have the fucking hubris to tell Vandis like, Hammerhand, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Vandis Hammerhand is, um... Gazoontite. Oh, man. I wonder if he's redeemed, too. Vandis Hammerhand's not he, redeemed. Well, he's no, no, no. A, he's a Harold, Harold Hammerhand? Or Harold, uh, shit, what is his name? Oh, Vanus Hammond, is, he's a Lord Selsley and the Hammers of Sigmar. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, you were right about that, but no. no. What, what's Harold's full title so, from fantasy? Harold of... Harold Hammerstorm. Oh, Hammerstorm, it's not Hammerstorm. If they're redeemed, really, a lot of the redeemed go into um, mainly the Hollowed Knights. Um, that's their yeah. that's their big shtick. Is well, because they were, they were there for the first one, right? Well, they're so fervent in their um, fervent, fervent, fervent in their worship of Sigmar. Yeah, that's their whole thing. That it, they're like it super actually holy. it creeps out Sigmar to the point he's like <laughs> Sigmar's like like I down. fear no man, but these looks directly at the fucking Hollowed Knights. These things scare me. They're just like I love you, Dad. They're like no, go away. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that actually maybe is that's amazing. why they keep getting the most fucked up missions. Sigmar's like, please die, <laughs> <laughs> go away. <laughs> the hallowed knights, uh, our god, like... our god gives his strongest warriors his greatest challenges. Sigmar in the background, damn it, I sent them fucking... on another suicide mission and they fucking made it out. What the fuck am I gonna do now? I just want you to love me, Dad. Go away. <laughs> like they're, they're big um uh, hollow knights they're they have a really big saying it's like much is expected to people who have um much has given much has, something like that bro was that even english <laughs> much oh. is expected of those who have given much or much have given um much is ex- is expected from those who have been um, right. we're gonna, Mitchell, we're, if you're going to keep uh, up We're going to get like, back to Slaves of Darkness, I promise. I said things for like two minutes. No, no, you're I'm not saying stop. I'm just letting you know, like, go, please. I love the tangents, but, like, we'll get back there again, I promise. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Honestly, I'm 100% looking up this saying. Over now, what we should probably go over now is, like, the actual philosophy behind each of the different Chaos Gods and Chaos Undivided for the mortals. Well, it's actually funny because like, we hadn't quite finished up with Archeon, but realistically the point of the entire rant was like Archeon might not see himself as being a like a bad, horrible, truly evil person because of what his goal is, but if you're the city he's sacking, yeah. He sure does feel pretty fucking evil to me. Yeah. And Psst, wait, a big the there. big thing about wait, that go. is that the, the leader of the Slaves to Darkness, like the Slave to Darkness himself does not consider himself a Slave to Darkness. He considers himself to be one of the most free individuals that there is because he sees himself as being independent of any um, influence from any of the Chaos Gods. Okay, I know only the faithful is their war cry. I think he's thinking of a quote from a book that a character said. No, and they say it all the time. Oh, okay. Anyway, back on topic to Slaves of Darkness. So... Literally, literally everything. <laughs> so, uh, that to a certain extent, that quote from Archeon and like kind of his philosophy can kind of trickle down into the rest of the Slaves to Darkness is those who willingly choose 
and not just as a survival tactic, but those who willingly choose to follow the slaves of darkness, they not they may not necessarily see themselves as you know villains or whatnot. They may see this as the most freedom that they can have in their lives. Whenever they see God, when they when there are gods who walk among them and can create or destroy basically realms at their wish, like. <clears throat> If you're working for an organization that can give you the power to stand up to that, like, to a certain extent, that is freedom. Having the power to create your own destiny, to fight back against, you know, the forces that are impeding you, that is, to a certain extent, freedom. And so that's the that's why some of the groups will or some people will willingly join chaos is because they see it not as like the evil that it is, but as the freedom it offers. Now, generally, that freedom comes with a price. They just don't really talk about that yeah that's that that's not talked about uh for people who want to join zinch for instance uh or align themselves specifically with zinch rather a big point there is that zinch is the changer of ways and as part of that for the he appeals to people who see their world around them as stagnant as to seeing that there is no way for them to get out of their lives that frankly suck as it may be and so for Zinch, he offers them a change. He offers them a way to change the world around them. But he offer also offers knowledge and a way to learn. And so for people who want to learn or people who want to change, you know, Zinch is very much something that can uh, that draws them in, that appeals to them. And I think that, that that goes back to like I don't know if this is how it is in like AOS, but I know in, it goes back you to still so have supporters. This goes back to the okay. um the forty k thing where like every chaos god has a good has a good reflection or a good side like corn being the god of blood and slaughter and war is also the god of honor and Goner, justice yeah you know and I don't know that's a forty k thing I don't know if it's an AOS thing because so are a little different but like it's again it goes to the entire thing of um you have these hundreds of thousands of tribes and they don't ever really know the full, a lot of them don't know the full nature of their god. They're just kind of going like there's the god of hope and stuff like that, um, the god of justice you can claim as one, and that that's clearly corn. So, it's really interesting. Hold on, before we get you, I'm, I'm looking, I'm I'm looking for this quote real hard, but I did, and I haven't found it yet. But I did find a super baller quote from Grombrindle. Um, I I kind of found the quote that uh, I was trying to do was um. To whom much is given, much is expected. To whom my oh, to whom much is given, that makes more sense. Yeah. Oh no, Th this was from a white dwarf, and this is Grombrindle talking to another um, a dwarven or, or Durden. I'm assuming king or something who was doing the hard, the, the good old fashioned. I'm gonna hide behind my walls and wait out the storm. Yeah. Uh, so it goes, and this is Grombrindle in disguise talking to someone. Um, this is what will always happen when the Durden seal themselves away behind their gates and wait out the darkness. You asked me to stay and watch over your hall. In a moment of weakness for the hearth, I once knew I agreed. But what is but what is the brewer without the farmers and millers and carters, without the merchants and buyers in distant lands? What are any of us without our fellow Durden, without the humans and the elves who uh, join us in shunning the darkness if we let them? The shadow will pass, but it must be made to. That's pretty nice. That's a pretty good one. Dude, Grombrindle. Goat. A, another, so the Hall of Knights are full of a lot of good quotes. And another one, um, which is a, probably my favorite blessing of when saying goodbye to somebody was, um, may your efforts take you somewhere worthy. I really like that That's one too. That's pretty nice. Uh, real quick. <clears throat> so a lot of times, like as a joke amongst friends, I'll, uh, whenever, instead of saying like, thank you, I'll say like, grazie. 
which is Italian for thank you. Dude, whenever we went out and got dinner earlier tonight, I unironically said grazie, like, out of habit oh, to, to the, that, waitress, to the waitress, waitress, and I was like, we're in a super what home- just happened? We're in a super hometown country restaurant getting food and whatnot, and it's this, it's this um chick, and just like, how hasn't said but three words to us, and Phil's like, grazie, and she's just like, okay. I, and leaves. I turned Phil, to- Phil stops for like, and just like, did I just do that? <laughs> yeah, did well, I just say that? When I'm buzzed, I sound like I'm from the Midwest. The Midwest? Yes, it's bad. Well, it's I'm, so bad. I'm currently attempting to learn Portuguese. For what? Because my mother and my father have been talking about Portugal so much because they like fell in love with it whenever they went over there to go check it out. And now I'm like, oh man, I would like to learn a foreign language. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> also, apparently Portugal is like super cheap to travel in. Oh, okay. And like they actually really like Americans. Do not speak Spanish to them. They fucking hate no, Spanish. Just speak backward Asian. It'd be fine. Just speak backward <laughs> Asian. <laughs> what the fuck is that? So remember Kurt Cobain? No, Kirk of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kirk um, from fuck. Discord. From played our Rainbow Six Siege all the time. Oh God, it's been years. Yeah, okay. So he was fluent in Portuguese, and I hopped in and chat one day, and he was speaking Portuguese to his parents, and my reaction was, "What is that backwards Asian you're speaking?" <laughs> and he, Bro, he just got so Kurt. angry and just left. I haven't thought of Kurt in Bro, fucking years. Oh my God, mean. motherfucker, speaking his language. You're like, what's that gibberish you're speaking? It's like, did you just fucking? It didn't sound like any language I've ever heard of. To anyone yeah. who Portuguese speaks, is like wild. It's like yeah. anyone who speaks an Asian language oh, and being like, what's, what's that really, speak you're doing? It's really like, wow, what the fuck is wrong with you? What's really wild is the difference between Portuguese Portuguese, and Brazilian Portuguese. Yeah. It's like almost two completely different languages. Yeah. But, but like, written, it's almost identical. Like, I, I'm pretty good at Dude, trying to language like, discern we, languages. Language is weird. But, like, Portuguese, I literally just heard... Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Bro. That's rough. Accidental yeah, no. racism. Like, <laughs> yeah. To give you an idea, though, um, like, my mother so fell in love with Portugal, she's now learning Portuguese. Damn. And so that's the other reason I'm, I'm trying to give her someone to talk to. And you want me to learn Portuguese? I was going to probably learn Dutch because it no. only takes 200... <laughs> Yeah, right, Mitchell. You're Mitchell, you can learn Portuguese for me. I won't be able to understand it, but I'll just look at you like, yeah. <laughs> no, if you want to learn Portuguese, like, I'm down. I am down to clown. Oh, bro, you already no. broke my heart. You, you no, don't, no Phil, don't, don't give me that you look. you harmed him. No, look Mitchell, what you've done please, to this man. stop. No. Look what you, I was trying to be a good friend. Look what you've no, done Mitchell, to this man. I was trying please. to be supportive. Please, have some and of every... your beer. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, have some of your beer I'm drinking. Please, it'll make you feel better, I promise. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> what a dick! Here, oh here. I got you. I got you, homie. Have some. Have some of your beer. Watch out for the painting behind your head. Oh my god! Oh my god! He broke himself. Oh fuck! that's your beer (laughs) that's my beer have some of your beer that i'm drinking (laughs) oh my god (sighs) okay all right where were we so much wrong uh 
Uh, we had just covered Zinch, and now we're, I'm going to go ahead and move on to Slanesh, because I like Slanesh. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to take a second and get some air, bud? <sighs> no, I'm good. I'm gonna Let's fucking rock get, I'm going to get some water. I'll be right back. Okay, so, moving on to Slanesh. A big part of uh, Slanesh's appeal is, yeah, it, like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Woohoo! Who's, who's not down to clown and have a good time and party? Now let's go back to the 80s, my dude. But, one important thing that people forget is Slanesh is all about excess and obsession and perfection. You okay, bud? Damn it, now I have the hiccups. Okay. Would you like water? No, I would like beer. It's um, right there. I know. <laughs> So with Slanesh, for someone who's never had anything, being told that uh, someone can now provide you with everything you've ever desired, like, that is a very, very enticing appeal. It's not only that. Let's also look at it from a different point of view. You are living, let's say, in just equivalent of a city of Sigmar, but for chaos. Yeah. There is absolute whore well, you'd be living in one of the, in one of the not necessarily the warbands but one of the, the tribes yeah there's so, hunter gatherer everything society. is kind of pretty awful yeah um and so you're just like okay well well it's not necessarily awful but you're definitely not living in excess you are living on like kind of the hair yeah kind of like a, a, hair, a hair's breadth away from you know destruction or starvation yeah. or whatever it's like it's probably also just extreme poverty as well um yeah, that's like, really more what i was trying to get at um this idea of being able to go and just get like used substances to kind of get away from that, go to the pleasure dens, yeah. stuff like that. Well, also, well, the other thing about Slanesh is Slanesh is about excess, not yeah. just in drugs, yeah. but also in food. So imagine if you've never had a, a whole meal in your life, you've never felt full before, and now someone's offering you a full meal whenever you want. Yeah. You can now fill your belly at any time. Sounds to a lot spoken to someone that one yeah well that's follower. that is his whole thing yeah um but yeah you're now someone is now offering you a full belly anytime you want it they're also offering you pleasure anytime you want it and the power to make anyone who's ever made you suffer suffer in their own right like hard to say no to that you. is that is a heady heady sensation yeah. to be told that you can now have everything that you've ever desired when you've had nothing yeah it's hey, always the nog. it's it's very inter- you you specifically chose not to go into H-E-P to grab some eggnog i'm having like one drink and he, gave me, some, he gave me some of his monster that you bought <laughs> which i bought <laughs> it's my beer my my monster, monster. <laughs> uh, so gracious <laughs> I mean, I can always stick my finger down your throat if you want it back. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's I, what I thought. Dude, no, I 115% you were going the route of I could always stick my finger in your ass to show you crap <laughs> or something. That's what I thought you were going. They were talking about oh. session shit, and I'm like, Phil's about to get weird. I mean, you could also say that an eating disorder is very slanesh of me. Gotta make room for more food. Oh, God, that's some Hunger Games shit right there. Yep. Oh, oh man. what There was another... There was another book I was reading recently that had, that had something similar to that. What was it? Uh, you okay, bud? I believe in you. Maybe it was... Yeah, I think it was something from the Murderbot Diaries. So I just recently finished the, the most recent book in the series. Uh... I think, I think he said something in there that made me think of that. But anyway, 
I can't think of what it was exactly right now. But that's Slanesh's appeal. Also, another big appeal for Slanesh is like an artist. An artist who's always put their heart their heart and their soul into their painting, who's never been respected for their work. Van Gogh energy. Yep. Oh, I was gonna go with Adolf Hitler energy. <laughs> Knowing Slanesh is probably a little more apt, yeah. Well, I, uh, hold the fuck up. <laughs> You're not wrong, but like, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm a little out of line. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I mean, Hitler was but no, it's up, like more... all the time. <sighs> I hate you just a little you for making that, that comparison. You see the way that man jitters during any th- any just video. Stop. That has a minute. Just stop. But I'm just saying, space cocaine. I, I, look, I. Re- <laughs> Here, Mitchell, I broke him in in, in turn for you. <clears throat> ah, no, fuck! Be you with my fucking microphone! <laughs> oh, I actually found the better quote. Much is demanded of those to whom much is given. <laughs> He's fucking <laughs> still on this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but <laughs> moving away from that fucking comparison, imagine a... Uh, and this is... Actually, this ties into why Korn hates Slanesh so much. But imagine a swordsman who's always put his heart and his soul into, you know, knowing and learning the blade. And who's always tried his best, and yet, you know, for whatever reason, maybe he's shorter than everyone else. Like, he's below average height uh, for the rest quite, of the swordsmen. Can never and quite so can never peers. quite meet his peers, not through lack of effort or skill, but because he's been given a physical handicap that he cannot overcome. And now here comes this, you know, this person... Who tells him that there is someone out there who knows how much effort he's put in and can give him that little extra ounce of strength that's required to be able to make, let him beat his peers? Could you imagine the amount of like absolute like disrespect it is to be a swordsman of Slanesh, who like your whole like perfection thing was swordplay, to then get beaten by someone in a duel with a sword and they're just like a human? Uh, yeah. Do you imagine? Yeah, his name's Sigmar. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Well, no, I mean, like, like if you're like... No, 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 that's, no. That was, that was, that, like that's not thing, a sword. Though. That's a hammer. Thank you very much. No, no, I mean, but, like, if you're a follower of Slanesh and you're like, do the whole Slanesh shit... Well, no, those are the Myrmidons. And... That's an actual unit, is the Myrmidons. Is their whole thing is that they are supposed to be the pinnacle of swordsmen. Yeah, and, of then, mortal swordsman. and then you and then you get your ass kicked by a human yeah. swordsman who and just like follows Sigmar, but it's just a human swordsman. Oh no, and that's their whole shtick is in lore, whenever one of their members dies, they so they kill in complete silence. They fight in complete silence. That's, but that's not terrifying. If one of their members dies, they go into a blood curdling rage and they forget everything else on the battlefield and their sole goal until they die or win is to kill whoever killed one of their number. I'm assuming the Myrmidons are a Slanesh unit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an actual tabletop. I think they're a mortal unit. Uh, the, the, the thing about them is that uh, their box, the box they come in, also uh, makes the Twin Souls. And the Twin Souls are, that's what happens whenever you let a Slanesh demon into your body and you, uh, be, and you share your body with a demon. Uh... But I don't think the Myrmidons are. Can we talk about how Slanesh actually has like the most beautiful looking Age of Sigmar army? Well, yeah, because a bunch of it's fucking I mean, new. Yeah, yeah. And hey, I mean, would it be kind of ass if Slanesh had the ugliest units? <laughs> Looking at you, demonettes. <laughs> Dude, demonettes are just fucking rough to build. 
They're yeah. really finagly. Because they're really spindly and shit, right? Yeah, like, they're, they're just kind of rough to build. It's annoying. It's why, I, it's why I prefer the mortal units, if we're being perfectly honest. They're a lot easier to put together. Yeah. And they also look hot. They look really good. A little spicy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Real spicy there. Uh, let's see here. We've covered Zinch. We've covered Slanesh. Let's go on to Corn. Corn, which is right equals well, might equals right. Yeah, might equals right. That's like the that, best that, way to sum up Corn. That that is really it. You sat there and um, you're in a tribe and y'all just you've been focused so focused on war. You lose, but hey, you just kind of proved really yourself. Corn really favors the naturally gifted, as opposed to Slanesh who more favors effort. Slanesh likes people who have a that. chip on their so- shoulder. I never thought about that. Um, whereas Corn is very much like, you're already naturally gifted, let me make you the best. Yeah. Whereas Slanesh is very much, Slanesh is looking for weakness. That's Slanesh how, well, feeds a, on that, weakness. That's how they warm their way in. Yeah, Slanesh feeds on weakness, whereas Corn feeds on strength. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, I never actually said that until now, but that makes a startling amount of sense. Yes. Like That's I'm really having, I'm I'm having a little bit of epiphany here. Yeah, no wonder Corn and Slanesh hate each other so much. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. That makes actually. so much yeah. sense. Anyway, um, so yeah, Corn is actually the mo- the most straightforward to understand because Corn is just straight up. If you're good at murder, he just wants you to be better at murder. If you're good at fighting, he wants you to be better at fighting. And like that's really kind of all there is to it. He it's has... also why it's so easy to fall to Corn. It's because all you have to do is have hate in your heart and a desire to kill. And hate in your heart and be good at chopping motherfuckers so, up. Um, so, you don't even heart. necessarily have to be good at it. He just likes it when you're good. As long as you're willing to do it, he likes you anyway. Yeah. That's really it. Zinch. Why would people... We already, we already covered Zinch. We already covered... No, we haven't, yeah. co- we haven't covered Nurgle yet, though. Yeah, you, you were reading up on your Hallowed Night quotes. <laughs> hey, bud. I'm is just it, not okay, okay? Is it, is it, is it, is it Myrmidash Painbringers? Yeah, Myrmidash Painbringers. I'm looking up Myrmidon. I'm like, that's not the right fucking name. Yeah, Myrmidash Painbringers. That's the one. I'm trying to see what they look like. Hold on. Uh, they wear. They're actually one of the few units that wears armor. They actually have a pretty good uh, armor save. A three up. Yeah. 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 Okay, so they have a really good armor save. So actually, Nurgle is very interesting of why people fall to him. Um, because a lot of people don't realize what Nurgle is. They don't because it's always seemed like very jolly. Mm-hmm. But Nurgle kind of really feeds off of just despair. Yeah. The other big thing about him is that Nurgle, it's... Yeah, that's them. Gotcha. Uh, yep. Nurgle, what really makes him very devious is that Nurgle feeds off the people who... <clears throat> Nurgle feeds off of people's... It's despair. Yeah. It's like yeah. the lack of hope. Um, his yeah. whole entire thing is just to, like, it might be slow. It's something that you know is coming in. There's, Nurgle, no, you're, there's nothing you can do about in it. In the words of Thanos, I am inevitable. That's what yeah. Nurgle is. Yes. Everyone is subjected to the, to the cycle of life and death. And, it, and sometimes it is creeping. And it's the dread of that that Nurgle worms his way in. Yeah. yeah. It's like how, how to make the pain go away. Yeah. And so really, it's not necessarily despair. It's more existentialism. As a philosophy topic, I do not want to cover at the moment. We're literally covering philosophy. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. die. How do, I not, how do I not die? Be disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a, a big thing about it is like Nurgle, in my mind at least, Nurgle appears before people, not necessarily when they have them, when, when they're at like rock bottom, but when they're ultimately having to face their own mortality, especially when it comes through like disease. 
Yeah. Because that's really where he strikes. Is imagine if you're suffering from, you know, an egregiously painful disease. Uh, let's just pick smallpox. You're suffering through smallpox. You know that there's a very good chance you're going to die. What? Holy fuck. I'm looking up Myrmidons on Wahop because, like, while I'm listening. Oh, Myrmidesh? Yeah, Myrmidesh. Yeah. Um, yeah, Paragons of Battle, if they're wholly within 12 inches of an objective, you add one to their save rolls. Giving them a two up. Yeah. Holy fuck. Fuck, yeah, Myrmidesh are, are the elite infantry of uh, Slanesh. And there are three mortals. attacks, three up to hit, three up to wound, one rend, one damage. Yeah, and there's, I think there's five in a unit? Five in a unit, yeah. looks like. And their leadership is like eight or nine. Their bravery seven. Or bravery, yeah. But they have two wounds to pop. Yeah. I think we've never been on so many tangents until it was this episode. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to talk about. I'm going to put um, Slaves to Darkness question mark as the title. Now, to yeah. be fair, the majority of our tangents have been topic adjacent. Yeah. I'm going to refer back to the um, Witch Hunters episode where we're talking about different types of swords and shit. Yeah. Where those tangents were way the fuck off course. Yeah. Hephaestus, get away from that. Uh, so, now, yeah, going back to Nurgle. Uh, the way that Nurgle appeals to people is it's like, oh, you have diseases? I can make that end. Oh, you... Do you have pain? Would you, not, would you like would not you to like have to pain? But feel the pain important again. thing about it is that he can also... He also deals with emotional pain. So, despair, like, the death of... Yeah. So, one. like, going back to the whole, like, disease and illness, you're now living in Europe during the Black Death. You've watched your entire family die of plague. And now you're, and now you're just waiting for it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now you're seeing lesions on your own body, and you're like, "I'm so it, my time." Or, is no, no, no. When, when you listen no, to even the worse, nur- even worse, for some reason you're not falling ill, and it's just like, "Please, I just want to die." So, and something that kind of cover in the books when you kind of follow Nurgle characters, it's this whole entire idea of like they're always just like, "Just give in, just absolutely." Yeah. That's all you need to do is just give in, just let the despair happen, because once you do, it becomes easy. Yeah, and that's a big thing with that's a big thing that isn't talked about so much by Nurgle is like, yeah, we talk about the rot and whatnot, but what we really don't discuss is the other extreme that Nurgle characters themselves feel. Because whenever they talk about the love of the grandfather, what they're really talking about is they've accepted despair into their hearts, and so they know that life is pain. But when they die, grand their grandfather loves them and he will take them into his arms actually because um the the main the the main antagonist in black talon is mm-hmm. a nurgle like sorcerer lord basically yeah. and he has a lot of the same things like life is suffering and pain but when you give him to nurgle you'll never feel it again yeah and that's where and that's his love and that's his boon to you is that you'll never have to p- feel the pain of life again which the really interesting thing about that is going into philosophy um this is going to be 100% a tangent in uh, the Stormlight Archive. Spoilers ahead, by the way. Uh, I was having a three. conversation with somebody last night at the meadery about what books they should read about Brandon Sanderson, and I said the Stormlight Archives. So in book three... Um, should I leave? The because spoilers for this, anyone who hasn't read that book. There's my, this might be a spoiler for me. I'm in the process it, of reading that. This is 100% a spoiler for book three, so like, if you... like, Be warned. I'm going to leave. I'll be back. Somebody call okay. me, okay? Um, well, let me... Okay. You might want to close the door, too. <laughs> Bruh. No. I'm just going to the living room. Okay, cool. No, I'll, I'll just yell at you. Okay. Um, but in book three of the Stormlight Archive, one of the characters is trying to fight against a god. And this god is 
kind of like Nurgle, actually. So you told me so much about the Stormlight Archive that you I... Already, you already yeah. know. Well, Feel yeah, free to tell my, them, but I already know. This is one of my like, three favorite scenes in the entirety of the Stormlight Archive. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. You've or at least this. of the four books. I'm going to lay on that couch while you do that. because No, I, no I, you I, aren't, I, bitch. I don't want to take away from your stage. Um, But no, so in it, one of the characters is trying to fight a god. And in order to do so, he has to he has to challenge the god to a contest of champions. And so he goes up to the god, and he's like, I challenge you to a contest of champions. Um, one important... And the god says, oh, okay, cool. I will name my champion. And my champion is you. And the character's like, what do you mean? And at this point, the evil god that he's fighting um, gives him back his memories. Because this character had lost a bunch of his memories in regards to his wife he couldn't remember his wife's name he couldn't remember even remember his wife's name and he didn't remember what had happened to her All, he literally basically just woke up one day and was like i don't remember anything about my wife from the past like six years like up until this day like i just i can't remember anything about her i know that i loved her i know that i had kids with her but i can't even remember her name and the evil god is like oh yeah Here's all your memories back, and these memories are about you murdering your own fucking wife because you gave in to rage and killed her in a fit of rage without realizing it. Whenever you burned an entire city of innocence to the ground, and she was in there trying to negotiate with them on your behalf to surrender. And you burned it to the ground with her inside, the entire city. And, uh... The Dark God is, like, giving him all these memories back. What the Dark God didn't realize is that he'd already been remembering. And he'd already had to come to terms with the fact that he had murdered his own wife. But the Dark God was like, hey, if you become my champion, I'll take away the pain. I will make the pain end, and you will never have to feel the pain that you know now ever again. Because this character, he is, like, absolutely losing his fucking mind over this. Because he's having to experience it all again as if it was the first time. That's what the Dark God is forcing him to experience. Until finally, what makes him such... what The reason that all this happens, and the reason that this is one of my favorite scenes in the entire fucking series, is that the Dark God is like, yeah, just come to me, and he's whispering all seductively in his ear. And this character is like, no, I refuse. And the Dark God's like, why? And the, um, the character is like, you can't have my pain. This is my pain. This is my suffering. This is my burden to bear. I am who I am because of what I did, and I have become a better man for it. You cannot have my pain. You cannot have my suffering. And it is because of my pain and suffering that I will go on to be the, a better man than what I was, and I will become the best person that I can be, and you will not have my pain. Um, there's actually a guy on TikTok who did a reading of that quote, uh, of the monologue, because it's a whole-ass monologue. Uh, and I'm gonna forget his name, but he's like he's a voice actor, and he does like um, book narrations and things like that for Audible, and he's like really fucking good. And he did that quote, and like I fucking cried because the first time I read that scene, I was like ugly crying because Brandon Sanderson has that effect on me. And then I got to listen to this guy read that quote, and he's a really good. Oh yeah. And, yeah, no, I basically started ugly cry. Like, I got halfway through it, and I started, like, actually bawling again because he did such a good job with it that I had to, like, keep moving on. Like, I left him a like, but also, like, I couldn't handle that shit. It's like, this is neat. Fuck this guy. That was neat. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, I ended up following him on TikTok because of that because I just fucking loved how good he was at it. Go ahead and call Mitchell right now. But, yeah. 
Back to the regular scheduled prog- program of AOS. Yeah, but again, it's it's things I mean, like that. It, that it, kind it, of, it has a parallel. It has a yeah. parallel. But it's things like that that Nurgle feeds on. Is he feeds on despair? And so the reason why we've been going through this <laughs> extended list of chaos gods is these are a lot of the reasons why the mortals fell to chaos. And like once again, for the like nineteenth billionth time, it's all a matter of perspective because these are all valid reasons. They may not be morally right. But given the choices that you had, like, lesser evils, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it's human nature to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. An hour and 46 minutes. We haven't done one this long in a hot minute. In a hot minute. Yeah. It's a lot to go through. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about the philosophies of, like, why, they, why, the, followers chaos, why the followers of chaos do what they do. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly easy. Because um, uh, unlike in 40k, where you can just say everyone's the bad guy and kind of move on, in Age of Sigmar, there are distinctly good guys and bad guys, and you kind of have to make an effort to make the bad guys likable. Um, and then, of course, there are Fall of the Chaos that are that are just evil. They just like murdering people. Hello, Bellacor. Yeah. Like, they, 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 they just love to, you know, rule over people and enslave people and kill and yada, yada, yada. And yeah. The, those bad guys are bad. But it's very much like you can't paint everyone with the same brush. Because yeah. not every... At the end of the day, the choices I they mean, made, if you're looking at, like, the overall, like, lore and the overall world... Well, following Chaos is bad, and those weren't, like, the good choices. But when you are in the situation they were in, you just have to really put thought into it. Like, can you really... Can you really blame them? Am I here just to be your punching bag? Yes. <laughs> is that all so I am? Do I exist just so you can cause me pain? All I do Phil is... Phil just blew a fat-ass vape cloud into Mitchell's face, basically. I didn't mean to. I was just sitting well, here. I don't know why Mitchell's bitching. We all know no matter what we do, the vape just navigates towards his face. Exactly. No, but, uh... Shit, I had something By I wanted the way, to say. those are, um, anyway. like, I think three or four shots that everybody's supposed to take a drink of. If you're playing that drinking game, what is it? Oh, every, no, every, take a shot every single time you hear a fat. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, me. Every time they hear me take a fat rip of my vape. Every time you have a stroke, and every time Phil says something degen or something like that. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I don't keep track of that shit. Um, it's not my responsibility. But yeah, a big point of us going through these philosophies is like it makes you think. You you know like that's the one thing that AOS does really well with the characters they write is like. Bad characters are bad and do bad shit, but when you really look into them, think about the choices they had, and think about what drove them to this. Like, some are just evil, you're right, like, Bellacor, super dick, just fucking asshole, we know, we know that, you know, and, but, like, Archeon, taken to his, taken to everything he went through, you know what I mean? It's why I don't like that, they, that they're trying to simplify his backstory and his lore. Well, yeah. I, I, Especially I, I with how much of a fucking Mary so, Sue he is. I haven't so, read them yet, but apparently the fantasy books for Archeon and... Farquhar are really, really good, and he's so, a very tragic character. Do you understand? Again, Age of Sigmar is still a very evolving lore landscape. Yeah. Which first edition was rough. Yeah. Third edition. I, hold on. I actually I didn't even know Age of Sigmar existed for you know when it first came out. What what, what made the first edition so rough? Oh, the lore was just trash. Oh, it was, was it just bad? it was it was just vague. Yeah. Um. It's they just were still kind trying of, to figure out what the fuck to do. Um. A lot of the lore that's kind of like been really brought out. Um, is just the books. That's the, just 
the books that have come out with it. Um, so it's like first edition, why are you playing Stormcast? They gold and I like. <laughs> Pretty yeah, basically. much. <laughs> um, you had the Realmgate World um, Wars series, and that was really about it. The uh, the other big thing to note is the, the big reason we want people to understand the motivations of the Slaves to Darkness is because that's the entire that's the entire plot point that sets up for the redeemed. Yeah. Because oh, you so can't again, they're have 90... the redeemed if your characters are pure evil. Because the whole point of the redeemed is that there is, there is some of their nugget. Soul left. There is some nugget of their soul left that still believes in... <laughs> nugget? I'm sorry. Something about nugget old soul just fucking... There is some piece of you left. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. My name's Celestine Prime. What can I get for you today? I would like a 10-piece Mc, McNugget soul, please. Uh, sure. Would a you, side of Galmaraz. Uh, sure, would you like Sinch, Slanesh, Nurgle, or Corn for that? Oh, man, I'm feeling spicy. Give me Slanesh. Mm. All right, here you go. Watch out for the razor blades. Why are these nuggets shaped like dicks? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay. So, but like again, that's why we want to set up for that is because that also leads into the redeemed, and it also leads it also shows the motivations of some of these characters. Granted, there's still a significant part of the slaves to darkness that are just straight up like, oh yeah, I murder babies for funsies like, because I, I am unhinged. I I am, I am unhinged. <laughs> Fucking amen to that. I I will say personally, I think that the majority of of STD are evil. And y'all may disagree with me, and that's cool. I think the majority of the people that follow Chaos oh, no, I agree with you. are irredeemably evil cunts that need to die. Actually, I'm but gonna, not I, all I'm of gonna them. completely disagree with you. I think the most prevalent are by far just just evil. But again, this is ninety percent of humanity that don't know what they're really doing. They don't know that they're um worshipping Nurgle, well, Zinch, and everything mind, like that. By this and point in time, a lot of them have been in the tribes and clans that worship the Chaos Gods for a while now. They've been born into and bred into that lifestyle. Again. So anyway. The ones that are highly prevalent fighting these battles. Yeah. Not the ones that are still way out there in lands that have way not, out in bumfuck nowhere worshiping some weird fertility goddess that's just Nurgle going. Again, <laughs> this is ninety yeah. percent of humankind. Yeah, that is not not all of them are bad. All right, uh, are there any other philosophy type stuff we want to talk about? Anything else we think we missed? I know that this episode got kind of all over the fucking place for a while, but I'm I'm titling guys "Slaves to Darkness?" Question mark Part One. No, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) I think we got our point across, though. Yeah. What was the point? Why slaves to darkness do what slaves to darkness do? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we kind of just waffled on for a long time before yeah, we, we did. Well, like I said, a lot of our tangents were adjacent, which is good, because it kind of gives perspective to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever you talk about philosophy, you always have to look at philosophy in context. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Talking about philosophy, isolated philosophy, doesn't so, do very much. Because um, it's like, oh, we're going to talk about ways of thinking, but then we're never going to actually apply that thought. Yeah, it's like, it's a very broad topic my favorite sure comparison you... is some is the comparison you made at three o'clock at waffle house and it was the, like the whole entire thing like in our society slavery is bad but mm. if you're born into society that slavery was just the way of life oh yeah because i was talking about oh, this yeah, in the, the context the, of like the, making a dnd the lawful yeah the lawful yeah. the lawful good paladin who, yeah, li- the, the, who lived the, the in, a, in a yeah. slavery country yeah the so there it's it's a philosophical debate that I like to bring up whenever I'm talking about D&D characters. Because we always talk about the lawful good paladin. And how uh, lawful good paladins are awful portrayed as lawful stupid. Because they're like, oh, 
Because like, oh, I'm lawful good, so I have to be lawful all the time, which means I have to be a super fucking stick in the mud for my D&D campaign because I'm a lawful good paladin. And I'm like, there's always a great way to change that because you can like, either change the, the background. grain of salt? Well, no, 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 no. Uh, the, you can, there's two big ways you can change a paladin. Uh, we're basically done by the, with the um, episode, by the way. You can leave if you want. But if you want to hear this really interesting like philosophical debate for D in the D&D &D setting, we please We all know continue. you fuckers are here for the rant at the end. Exactly. Yeah. So with a D&D &D paladin who is lawful good, because they're all supposed to be lawful good, there's two distinct ways to change that. The god you worship and the culture you come from. The god, because paladins respect two things. Gods and culture. So, if you are a paladin who worships a trickster god... Hold on. If you're a paladin of Lolf... <laughs> actually, no. Here's an even better idea. What does a paladin of corn look like? It's called a corn berserker. Exactly. Yeah. Because they follow their religious laws, which is blood or... Murder. Murder blood. and bloodshed. Blood, blood for the blood god. Um, yeah, blood for the blood god, skulls for the culture. And they follow their culture, which no, is also the blood flakes. for the blood god and skull for the skull throne. But yeah, yeah. again. So, so murder is good. good it will, not necessarily it's goodly. good, it's but good a lawful for the bones. good. A lawful good paladin. Tearing your chest. A lawful good paladin would come up on a duel between two men, where one of them pulled out a knife and stabbed the other in the side. Whenever, uh, and the paladin could look at that and go, "No, that was that was lawful because this was a duel. You should have known better than to expect on the battlefield than to expect your opponent to play by the rules." And, and, and so on the other hand, he could also look at that and go. That's absolutely not okay, because corn is about honorable combat and standing up, and you agreed to a duel, and you played dirty in a duel. That's, that's not okay. That's some zinc shit. Get, and that get the fuck out is here. where you can play nuance into a lawful good paladin, because depending on your culture and how your culture worships corn, is how you can have two your different points of view. Act, yeah. The and, other big thing, <clears throat> the other way to do that is the whole like slavery debate. Is what if you were a lawful good paladin from the underdark? And you were part of Drow society, which actively participates in slavery. To you, slavery is lawful and good, and good because your culture thinks of slavery as a good. So if you were thing. to if you were to come upon runaway slaves, and you'd be like, "Cool, we're turning you to your master." Yeah, because that is both lawful and good to you because of your culture and and your mm. beliefs. Exactly. And actually, to help them escape could, depending on your DM, potentially make you lose your paladin powers because you are going against your god yep. or It'd your make you beliefs. an Oathbreaker. Yeah. Like, right there. <clears throat> god, that'd be a good D&D campaign. Why are you an Oathbreaker? Well, yeah, that helps slaves that's why I, escape that's to why, freedom. That's why everyone I talk to, like all my friends who play a lot of D&D, they all hate the the alignment system because it doesn't leave any room for nuance. Oh, yeah, well, no, we, we can make a whole ass episode why the alignment system is garbage. But no, all I'm saying is play oath, play oath of conquest paladins, and you can basically talk your way out of basically fucking anything. Yeah. So why did you murder these children? Well, you see, it all started with. <laughs> but again, that's just one. That's the kind of philosophy that I like to think about. Is how can you play a character that is both lawful and good and still make them an utter fucking piece of garbage? And the simple answer is you make them lawful and good to the culture and God that they were raised in and worship. And Not you, lawful and, and good to the setting. just make that one garbage so that way the paladin's garbage. There you yeah, go. exactly. So, um, for instance, you could come from a society where it's uh, a common practice to, I don't know, uh, let's say that you have a limit on how many children you can have because you come from a very... Uh, 
you come from an a over, society an overpopulated country yeah that has really bad population problems or maybe it's just a weird quirk of how you worship almost like a like an aztec people or whatnot where human sacrifices are acceptable okay cool you're expected to murder your third born son like you, you are just expected to do that as a sacrifice to the god that you worship okay now you're a lawful good paladin you're out working with your party you come across a family and, and they the have three kids. <laughs> well, no, they the have mother three sons. No, and their sons. no, they have two sons, and the mother is giving birth, and the mother gives birth to a third child. What and a beautiful, so, no, bouncing no, no, no. baby boy! Scab. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. And someone comes along and kidnaps that child, and the mother wants you to return the child to them. What do you do once you have the child? Well, no. Do you even help them? Well, I mean. Okay, well, on your basis because the paladin, based on your own example, you said mm-hmm. that you sacrificed the third, uh, the third son to mm-hmm. your god or whatever. If the son's kidnapped, you don't know if they're being sacrificed, and maybe you believe that son has to be sacrificed so you'd help the woman get the son back, specifically so she could kill him in the mm-hmm. proper way. Or, or let's say that the woman has already spoken that she intends to keep the child, and then between, and then just shortly thereafter, the child is kidnapped. Then, as the paladin, would you even bother helping the woman? Because, as far as you're concerned, she is breaking your code of conduct. Mm-hmm. Would assisting her make you an oathbreaker? Nuance, my friends. Nuance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, let's say you do agree to help, and you and this isn't considered oathbreaking, and you do find the child, and the kidnapper says, "Yes, I'm going to sacrifice this child to our god because they worship the same god as you do." Do you help them? Do you hinder them? Nuance. Nuance. Because you because you could go, yes, I'm going to help you because my God demands it, or no, because it needs to be the mother who does it instead. Yep. And maybe I'm going to bring the child back to the mother and then try to convince her to follow the proper ways of our God. Mm-hmm. Again, this is why I love more nuanced characters. It's why I like playing characters more. I, if anybody ever asks me in alignment, I'll be like true neutral. Yeah. Because that because a true neutral character does not mean that they're none of these things. I mean, it's that they're, they're all potentially of all of these things is how I look at it. So I could be lawful. I could be good. I could be chaotic. I could be evil. Depends on what fucking color the, way, the sky the is. The way that I see it is true neutral just means that I can play my character as I believe my character should play. And that means yeah. that if I have to go through different alignments because my character will react differently to different things, that just means that I have the freedom to do so. Now, having said that, you can make a lawful good character that isn't lawful stupid. Because you can make a lawful good character that is then forced to do unlawful things because they believe it to be morally right. And that can create really interesting character development. What also could be one of those paladins who could be lawful good, but then they, but then their whole oath thing is more fueled by... The, those paladins that have their oaths are fueled by themselves. Mm-hmm. And that could be a really cool way to do like like lawful good. is like it, it, Your lawful good is based off what you personally believe to be lawful good, not what your country says or your mm-hmm. gods. Is what so you that's a really believe. interesting thing that, um, going back to the Stormlight Archive, Brandon Sanderson exto- explores. Wait a minute, wait, do I need to leave no again? No spoilers. Okay. Um, <laughs> but basically... So what Phil says, spoiler-wise, was... <laughs> um, so basically, there is a character in there who is trying to swear an oath. And he's being told that his oath must be to obey a law of some variety. The issue is that the character has no sense of self. They've been so they've been so used to being ordered around that they don't have a good concept of what is morally correct. Because they're so used to obeying other people's well, orders. Used to someone also, else, someone okay, else that, that also them. brings this idea of the moral um the morality of just being a good soldier. You just do what you're supposed to exactly. do. And so that's, if, you, and that's if you're told to go kill he, children, he you're going to go kill children. his entire children. life believing that he is a good soldier. But he, but once he takes a step back and looks at his life, he realizes that he's done some truly fucked up shit. 
And so he takes a step back and he looks at himself and he said, and he realizes I cannot be trusted to make morally just decisions. And so he finally turns to this person who's making him swear this oath. And he says, can I swear my oath to anything? Cause I just have to swear an oath to basically uphold an ideal. Right. And the guy's like, yeah, technically. And he's like, cool. I swear my oath to him. And he points at any names, another character because this character interacting with that character is what made him realize that he had no concept of morality. And he swears to follow that man's morality. Because he believes that man to be the epitome, the epitome of the morally just. Because he knows that that man has done fucked up shit and has become a better man because of it. Okay. But yeah, it's really interesting and things like that. Because that character, I would say that that character is lawful good. Because it was his own culture that bound him to make him believe that he should follow any instruction he is given. So not only was it right of him to follow the instructions, it was good of him to follow those instructions. And then he had to come to the realization that his concept of lawful good was not truly lawful or good. By the way, if anybody's wondering why I've been so silent, because I've actually really been taking this in and really listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always like ph- ph- um, philosophy time with Philip should be a normal segment. <laughs> Like, well, I always enjoy arguing the devil's advocate. That's my yeah. big thing. Is I enjoy arguing the devil's advocate because it you can and, really you make you both. think. You and Jess both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's why um, it's why Jess and I can get into such big arguments because, like, we'll both be agreeing on something, but also we're both wanting to argue the devil's advocate, and so like we'll get really worked up, and then at the end of like five minutes of screaming, we're like, I fucking agree with you. I do too. So this is my least favorite thing about my job is because mm. what's an ordinance? Imagine just the rule book of Warhammer. Yeah. I look at words and I go, okay, what if they claim it this way? That's how they're claiming it. If they claim it this way, they can do it. Yeah. But we say they can't do it because of this, this, and this, but it's not this because they're claiming it to be this. Yeah. And, and like, I have these arguments and I'm like, I'm trying. I, I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But if but we want to make time, it so that people can't do this, we need to change the codes. And we just can't just change the codes because they're meant to be Im- ambiguous. Yeah. And the they, issue is that whenever people try and play with those, when people when people try to play off of ambiguity and then you shut them down, then you feel like a piece of shit because it's like, no, they're right. They're fucking right. We just don't want to acknowledge that they're right. Exactly. And that's why I hate my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, um, so just when it comes to games and things like this, and especially so Warhammer, not so much because Wait it's more about armies. Wait a minute, what the hell armies. are you wearing an A and M shirt? I'm wearing my uh, I'm wearing my uh, uh, transportation services trainer shirt. Oh, <laughs> you know the ones that we stole that we definitely weren't supposed to have, but they were also like we have too many of these. Take them. I never Remember that? One. I didn't get any of those. Get fucked. Yeah. I just happened to be in the office at the right time, and they were like, yeah, we've got a bunch of these. Like, please take them. And I was like, yoink, taking yeah. a trainer shirt. I was never a trainer, but I'm taking it. And then I'd wear it occasionally. People would look at me, at people at transportation services would be like, why do you have that? And I'm like, because uh, it was free. Yeah. And it makes me special. It makes you special. But yeah, no, anybody, every, people would come out and be like, are you a trainer? And I'm like, oh, fuck no. 
Okay. Are we about done here? Um, Quick little keystone, and then I'll say we're done. Or then I'll be done, rather. Yeah. I, I never have heard Philip talk so much in an episode. I'm so I, dude, I love philosophy. I love looking at how people think. Yeah. Feel kind of bad for Mitchell because the first half was like me talking a lot, a little bit of Mitchell, and then the back half was just Phil talking a lot, a little bit of Mitchell, and it just been a little bit of Mitchell this entire thing. To be fair, <laughs> that's me for it. the past couple episodes. So like, I, it was kind of come and do for me. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, it's okay. I love listening to Philip talk about philosophy. Grazie. But we need more three AM Waffle House discussions. We do, but no. So get wrecked. I I really like. You're invited to <laughs> sit, sit the fuck down, motherfucker. Oh, I fucking told me fuck with me again. I'll leave. <laughs> anyway bye um bye have a good time but no so i always enjoy thinking of ways i enjoy thinking of ways to make people think to look at the other side of the argument and to really understand yeah how things are different because especially in games like D&D where they have this alignment chart and if you depending on who you're playing with they can really try and make you enforce the whole alignment chart thing and uh one way that I played with that is for a one shot I played a warlock actually okay. no sorry I didn't play a warlock I played a paladin I played a lawful good paladin but here was the thing I was technically an a redeemed paladin is what I played my oath and the way I did that is that I was a part of a church. The church ordered me to go to a town and kill a dragon. I get to that town and I realize, oh, the reason the dragon is being a problem is because the dragon and the local village had an understanding. The village would leave um, like a certain number of sheep or something out and the dragon would eat them on a regular basis. And they just saw it as a sacrifice because then the dragon would help protect them. And they had a quid pro quo with the dragon. And then a new uh, the church moved into town. And the church saw the dragon and was like, oh no, we can't have that. And so the church uh, realized that the townspeople were sacrificing animals to the dragon. Sacrificing. Loose quotes. It's an exchange of goods. Exactly. But the church saw it as a sacrifice. So the church started basically running an inquisition in the town. And anytime they caught anyone trying to summon the dragon for help, they'd execute them. And so then they were like, cool, we're going to call in a paladin to come execute the dragon. My lawful good paladin showed up, took one look at this local church and was like, oh, this is not the church that I signed up for. This is this, my beliefs in our God. This does not reflect my beliefs, my faith in our God. And my paladin became an oathbreaker paladin because they were forced to confront with something that they thought was morally unjust committed by their own church. Oh, damn. And my character went out to the dragon and was like, hey, I'm now an Oathbreaker Paladin for talking to you. But I feel it is morally just to drive the church out of the town. The church that I had just broken faith with. And then my character ends up falling in love with the dragon. And since dragons are intensely magical beings, my paladin marries the dragon. And then my character's wedding vows with his wife reignites his paladin oaths as his wedding vows to his wife who is a dragon he now draws his power from the dragon itself and part of that makes him like it uh and that that agreement also makes him partially immortal and he so he he can still die and whatnot but he is now incredibly long-lived he's like 80 and he looks like he's 40 damn 
That's actually a really cool story. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and I talked to the DM about it, and I was like, I want no extra powers. I want to just play it straight as a redeemed paladin. But this is my backstory. And my DM was like, holy shit, that is fucking amazing. On that note, I think we should end. (laughs) Yeah. But again. It's two hours and ten minutes now. Holy shit, this is a long one. (laughs) Anyway, like I said... I enjoy philosophy, and I really enjoy talking about this particular setting with the rest of you and talking about what could potentially drive someone to join the Slaves of Darkness and why they're so perverse and why they're so appealing to people, especially the downtrodden. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, um, goodbye. Hasta luego. Have a good one. Um, Bye. Have a good time. See you later. Um, Yeah, seriously dipped. (laughs) Seriously dipped. I talked about about 3 a.m. Waffle House too much. Also, it was 4 a.m. Waffle House. Thank you very much. I swear it was 3 a.m. To be fair. It was too fucking late. It was his fault. It was was too fucking late. That's how late it was. (laughs) You never fell asleep, and I woke up because he was snoring. Exactly. All right. Good night.